Hello, everyone, and welcome to the To Have and To Roll podcast. My name is Oliver. On this show, Robin and I spoke with L. L is a LARPer and a player in the Empire LARP system. We discussed the Freeborn on the Brass Coast. We discussed lineages within the Empire system. If you are watching this on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. It will help us out. If you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, leave us a nice review and share it around to help people find us. And with that out of the way, let's get into the conversation with L. Zombie run app, but I pretended oh, it was Druge, not all, or not some zombies, and you go so fast when you got a load of Druge chasing after you. That is good. You know, you know what? Actually, I like just because you've you've uh, you've said that when I go running now after going to LARP, I actually do like go through my head because really I hate cardio, and LARP has given me a good reason to actually do cardio. <laughs> So I do actually have like battle scenes in my head and just be like, right, okay, just, ima- just imagine where I'm running away from, well, running towards Druge. <laughs> that, that's how I did it. I played a battlefield runner. My previous character, Turi, was a battlefield runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'd go running, it was in my head. I was training. I was on the plane, the Segura. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I started running being chased by boulders like Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> i like it i like it a- anything to get you over that sort of um mental block of i need to actually go out running yeah <laughs> i mean i love it but that's because i just do my own private laps it's the best thing in the world mm-hmm. um and because i'm the gm i always win it's <laughs> yeah yeah like mu- music and uh working out it's like a it feels like a cheat code it really does like i feel like i can like lift more weight and i can run further if I've got music or if I've got some kind of inspirational uh, thing that I'm listening to, you know, it feels like it feels like a performance enhancing drug. It really does. Uh, if you want even more performance enhancing, I, um, my group for Christmas had the most amazing idea. They put together a Spotify playlist that we've all put in three songs for other people in our group's characters, but not told anyone which characters are which. So when you're working out, you're trying to figure out A, whose taste of music this is that they put on and B, who the song's about. Oh, that's quite fun. That's, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's that's quite fun, actually. All right. So we're, we're recording. I mean, this is actually quite good stuff, uh, but we'll we'll get we'll get cracking. L, when when did your LARP journey start? How many years ago? Um, well, I'm going to be the scary person here. Um, I'm one of the very first second generation LARPers. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, oh. Yeah. My my mum met my dad under a rock dressed as a vampire covered in fake blood. That's their, their meeting story. Oh, um, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. My dad started Treasure Trap when he was 13. Um, okay. As a dwarf and had built his, he's an artist. He built his very first LARP hammer hammer which was a bit of foam on an uh-huh. end of broomstick took it there he was so proud of the thing had spent months building it like you do your very first lark kit uh-huh. um, like <laughs> then when they threw it against the wall and the head fell off <laughs> <laughs> so so what, what was that called Tra- trap trap what was um, that treasure okay. trap treasure, treasure yeah. trap yeah it was one of the very very first like official LARPs um, in a very niche part of the internet that you can never find 
There was actually a Blue Peter episode, which they went and did it. Blue Peter, there we go. That'll, wow. Yeah, that'll, 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 that'll split the audience. Um, and then my parents started, um, they met, my mum actually met later, and they were doing Chiselhurst Caves, um, and a lot of, they ran their own horror LARPs. Um, and then um, I came along, and they stopped, and I'm now trying to get them back into it. Oh, so they're, they're not laughing anymore? No, they say that they're too old, and I'm like, you're not. But they, could, they when they were doing it, it was all kind of younger people yeah, no, doing I get it. it. I get and it, yeah. the hobby hadn't evolved, and yeah. now it has, and there's, like, people of all ages. Oh, yeah. And starting at all points at all ages. Yeah. Um, like I've known 80-year-olds laughing. Uh-huh. Um, but they still have that mentality that, nah, they're too old for it now. And then they're going, no, come back into it. Because um, my parents, they they never... I didn't LARP as a kid. Mm. I wasn't one of the kids at LARP sites. Um, they did... I did a lot as a kid on the side. Mm-hmm. I, we had okay. a friend who had a LARP site with um, Iron Age Roundhouses. Okay. And later okay. Victorian school. And would go and do, like small arts with the friends and stuff like that and probably my very first LARP was my seventh birthday party um when I was obsessed with Raven the TV the BBC TV yes, show yes, yeah, yes, yes. yeah yeah and my parents <laughs> got all their old LARPing friends and all my godparents are LARPers um and got them all in and we did Raven I would have loved that as a seven-year-old, <laughs> love that. Love woman. it now. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you would love it now. <laughs> the the biggest argument was who was the son, who had the son on their tabard at the beginning. Everyone wanted to be the son because mm. they were always the one. I was always that kid with like that would like I'd get through the end challenge that stopped them getting chucked out at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah, that obstacle course. I I actually tried to sign up for the show, but I was too young at the time um, because I was always. They're going, oh, yeah, no, the, the kids are rubbish. I want to lose so that I can go and run the gauntlet of death at the end. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know of Raven, but I, t- I, I missed, I missed, I was the generation that, I think I must have been, like, just one generation behind, I think. Because I remember it being a thing at Comic-Con that everyone was like, oh, yeah, they had lots of guests, especially in the UK, because it was obviously a UK show. But I never actually watched it. Did you watch it, Robin? Yeah, yeah. I watched it. <laughs> Scottish, Scottish man dressed in black kidnaps a load of kids to an island and makes them do tasks. So that's Sounds great. like a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. So was there any like, so, so apart from like your like private, private little laughs, there was no crossover with you and your parents in other game systems then? Um, no, they wanted, because they stopped just before I was born really. Um, okay. And then they wanted me and my brother to discover laugh ourselves. They never wanted to force us into it. Um, like we were always very creative as kids um, and always encouraged to play and run around the garden and stuff like that. Um, but um, we actually, we found Empire in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I, unlike lots of people, was very aware of LARP, but I watched um, uh, Hat Films, yeah. their first video. Yeah. Um, went, oh, shit, this is a real thing that's still happening um and went with my brother who um was 16 at the time mm-hmm. and a friend of mine alex um who um was the same age as me um at college yeah and we we went and then yes we want to go we all want to go which nation do you want to go to 
and we all said different nations and we all vetoed ah. other nations. Um, I think I, I chose Navarre um, okay. yeah. because I, I was a wood elf player. I'm a bit of a woodland kindred spirit. That's understandable, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my brother, I think, said Wintermark, and my friend said Highgarders, and we all vetoed each other's. Um, and then we we picked other nations. We all vetoed that one, yeah. and then we got it all down to the only one that we wouldn't all veto was the Brass Coast. Oh, so we that's how you chose. Coast. Yeah, that was how we chose the Brass Coast. And I went in going, I'm not particularly into dancing. Um, I'm not particularly musical, um, but like the bright colours look fun. Um, And we completely fell in love. Um, Our first event, we had Polish army tents and Mm -hmm. it was horrendous weather and our tents flooded. But the New Promise Cartel, because we were so young at the time, they like took us under our wing. And we actually, we slept in the tea tea tent in the New Promise, our first event. Oh, nice. Our tent was too flooded. And my 16-year-old brother and his Cambian horns was asleep on their bench. And they were like, we're not moving him. You can stay here for the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's what's the... This is one thing, question I had about the Brass Coast. What, what's the connection between... Because the groups are called car, cartels, right? Like, a bit like yeah. our houses. What's the connection between that and the tea room? Because they're like, oh, our tea room. Is, it just, is a tea room just something that's culturally attached to a cartel? Or is it just specific um, cartels that well, have them? No, in the Brass Coast, it's all it's all to do with families. Um, It's all very, very family orientated. Um, Everyone has like huge family trees. I've got to admit, um, I very quickly went Kohan. Mm -hmm. Um, So I disowned my families and both my characters were Kohan. So I've never really had a family in the Brass Coast. So I've always played characters that have looked at the complicated family trees and gone, not for me. Okay. Um, oh, okay. But it's all, yeah. The Brass Coast is all um, very. It's all very paper-based system. Um, so it's all very interwoven family trees and contracts and stuff like that. And there's always a joke that your aunt is probably your cousin's wife. Um, yeah, through through yeah. legality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, marriage contracts are huge things in the Brass Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and they're always super complicated. Um, and got really hilarious like clashes if you break your marriage contract so like from uh, a from a gameplay point of view that is, i guess that's i mean i've, I've actually experienced this kind of sec- second hand because I, I i managed to sneak my way into a, a brasco's wedding and they read the contract and it just seemed very just like but it, it seemed like a lot of fun like that yeah. is is that part of the the, what what draws people to that type of game is having to write all these crazy things in the contract. Yeah, hugely. And we've got uh, there's an archetype. I say we. I'm now the league, mm-hmm. but um, they have loads of archetypes. Um, and one of those is Scrivener. So there's a huge archetype and huge person whose game is just writing those contracts. Um, wow. There are people who love those intricacies and stuff, and you <laughs> go to them. Idea. Yeah, you, you go to them with your problem, and they're going, "I have this dispute with X person. We are really upset because we both want this potato." Um, and then the scrivener will be there, going, "Okay, so we write it up, and you can have the potato for the hours of three to five, four to six, seven to eight, on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and the other person can have them here, here, and here." And then to make sure you don't fall out, I will keep it for this day. Um, to up, uh, and just they, they can do like some contracts are really serious, like peace treaties and stuff like that. But other yeah. things, it's just because they're very honest people. And um, 
and don't really they just want to enjoy life like uh, I think the best motto is life is short let it not be dull um that's kind of their little write-up and it's something that to be honest I like to live my life by yeah um it's just such an excellent like pushing of a nation into a brief um, there's a mythology though isn't there behind like the whole we do contracts or anything because I, I, I kind of know the answer to this because I was my my experience in the brass coast I went to the brass coast for the first time I was looking for stories of true love and they started telling me about contracts and uh, I, I suddenly became part of a musical so that they got the, the, <laughs> the circle I was sitting in they got uh, songs out explaining the importance of contracts so what what is the actual is, is it is it something that historically happened or is it just a mythology in the culture um, that it's a half magic mm. yeah it's it's a egregore half magic um so i to be honest i i'm not aware of mythology back i'm sure mm. there's about three different stories in the field on the mythology I about bet. it yeah um and i want to see a rap battle against them because that would be amazing um <laughs> the, um yeah it, it is is uh basically the half magic of the brass coast mm. is honesty and contracts and yeah. um yeah if you awesome. if you break something then those egregores and i know the freeborn egregores um they they will lay into you so hard yeah. um that you would wish that you didn't come back from the battlefield <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it was it because it was it was the basically the, the song that i was uh sung and everyone everyone just got into it straight away and like i said it was like being a part of musicals so that explain it was like the song was literally explaining why the contracts were input were, were important it was it was basically just a back and forward between arguing parties and it's like oh, no, we, the, no uh, yeah you you have you heard word. have you heard that's it yeah yeah, the, yeah contracts <laughs> are always preferred and it's like no you broke your word no you broke your word and now it's and now it's really important that yeah contracts are referred that was that was a really cool obviously it wasn't actually it wasn't a very fruitful uh thing for me because i couldn't it was difficult for me to get what i was actually after but from a gameplay perspective it was amazing. yeah no, that that song is not about a story of true love <laughs> no no because they, they were basically like going no we don't have any songs that and i'm like all right so what's what you know is is the con so surely the contract has, and i was basically asking them about the contracts and what and then me being playing my character being very much like I don't understand any of this. And then they, they got the songs out and started singing them. And it was amazing. The song you needed was Puglo, the Irregular Mermaid. Oh, right. Um, that, that that's the, um, it's what you need to hear it in the field yeah. to um, understand it. But it's the story of um, love being blind and is a curse because Puglo goes out sailing and comes across an Irregular Mermaid, okay. which an Irregular Mermaid um, has the legs of the lady and the body of a breen. Um, eyes like a tuna and ankles like a dream. Uh, <laughs> this, where was this song? Where was this song when I was asking for it? <laughs> they, they must have sung that once you'd left. I know, I think it, it was. He's gone right now, we can sing. Yeah. We can sing. But, but then I guess that's not true love because the irregular mermaid leaves him for a topsy-turvy centaur at the end. Um, well... With the legs of a human and the torso of a horse. <laughs> So, so is is a, because what one one obviously one of the things about being at Amble is that obviously we don't we don't play the game near the sea or anything like that. But the the Brass Coast is quite uh, 
it, it it draws from that like seafaring culture right is that where all that kind of mythology like mermaid mythology and things like that come from yeah there's um for a nation without a fleet um they're, they're incredibly like a lot of um fleet owners are the ones who have the voting power yeah um in the brass coast um and they have a lot of coastal towns and it is all very into like um trading with materials mm -hmm. and costs and um, most people would have experience being by the sea. My second character, my first character was a privateer, not a pirate. Definitely not a not, pirate. Definitely not a pirate. Um, okay. my, my second <laughs> character, um, she, she actually came from Segura, so she came from landlocked. She was a cattle herder and actually got seasick. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's a very ship-based culture. Um, yeah. and yeah, um, that it's a lot of like the way they dress is all a bit privateery based yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think yeah. i think if you like that thought which a lot of people do because it's not like it's not like um you know it's not like uh like american colonial pirates is it but i think if you if you wanted to play sort of that could, do you think you get that kind of feel yeah the, the, the if you want to play a pirate, the Brass Coast is the place for you. Brass Coast is 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 that is that where the the actual term freeborn comes from? Is it because it's is it because it's like that type of lifestyle, or is it because you mentioned earlier like they they just like to you got one life so enjoy it type thing? Or? Um, I think it comes from several places. Um, they are really really anti-slavery. Yeah. Um, and they actually they come from High Guard. Um, yeah. originally, um, and. Um, left because they didn't like the regimented and like strict highborn way. Um, the okay. three sisters left and found the Brass Coast. Um, oh, so okay. yeah, um, they they it, it's there's a huge kind of uh, icy coldness between High Guard and the Brass Coast because there's a bit of like we're your fun loving cousins but <laughs> that's that so it's a little bit like the uh relationship between Dawn and the Marches then so uh, I was thinking yeah 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 um in a, in a bit of a way it is but um it's more the like the Brass Coast they've got a song about it um it's, uh, I'd never want to be highborn. It, it's a sea shanty. It's amazing. It's like I never want to be highborn. No, I never <laughs> <laughs> want to be highborn. No, I never. I, or, I already like it because it's poking fun at the high guy. In fact, in fact, it, you know, I might, I might, I might make a freeborn character just because I could sing that song. Just so you can, just so you control everyone in high guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's, I mean, they're, they're, it's so it's so easy though, isn't it? Oh, the highborn are great. I, they they do some amazing role play. Um, oh, my first character he was a Cambian um, and went into being overwhelmed by the realms um, in in a final event two events really okay. she really went into being really heavily overwhelmed by the realms and very okay. very heavily ambitious mm -hmm. um and um to the point that she was very anti the highborn unveiling um okay. and went went to um high guard and announced in their assembly uh, this is why the co the hackerman need to keep the kohan on a short leash yeah yeah. She went to the High Guard Assembly and um, went, um, I want every single one of you to spy you. I want this down in a contract. And if not every single highborn 
um, spar me, then it proves that Wong Cambion is more ambitious than the whole of Pygar. So, <laughs> what, 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 why don't you tell us about um, unveiling? Because because we we when we spoke to Kyle, we spoke spoke about so many things, and he mentioned unveiling, um, and I I actually literally just don't know what it is. Yeah, me and Kyle, we have we have history. Yeah. Um, but um, unveiling is. It's something that not a lot of high guard get involved in. It's okay. um, not. It's it's a cult within high guard. Um, did unveiling like I said, I'm not a high guard expert. Mm -hmm. I'm not really a wiki fiend. But yeah. what I picked up from playing characters that were very involved in the lineage, kind of shirking of high guard. Yeah. Um, it's because there's a lot of lineage in um, high guard, but um, they believe that the purest way to follow the way is to not have lineage um and this cult i think it was purity mm -hmm. um they it was definitely my second character was a purity cultist um but they they believed in unveiling was to get rid of the lineage okay. um so a cambion would shear off their horns so if you see cambions in the field without horns um that are clean cuts it's why i've got this one's really jagged it's not a clean cut yeah okay. didn't unveil and that was a in character injury i had an orc fall on my head and break <laughs> my horn um and um but they they'd unveil to prove that they weren't letting the realms overwhelm their judgment of the virtues okay. i think that's how it works okay, okay. yeah so it is uh, literally just it's not a it's it's not something it's not like um something mechanically magical or something like that to get rid of lineage it's literally just a a no not at all there there no. is um unless it's an eternal there is a there's two eternals i think that can get rid of lineage there yeah. is no other mechanical way to get rid of lineage right um it, it once you've got a lineage you're stuck with it yeah. um unless you've got like eternals or you twilight masquerade um, unless there's like an OC issue, like you're allergic to the prosthetics, yeah. um, that's the only way you can downgrade your lineage. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I can imagine somebody be like, oh yeah, no, I, I want to give this LARP thing a go, and they've never done any uh, prosthetics before, and then they realise they have a latex energy uh, allergy, energy allergy, uh, and go, oh, I cannot be a, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot be a marrow or yeah. something, you know. It's a lot of reason why a lot of my prosthetics are like push putting on. Um, I'm actually I'm very highly allergic to spirit gum. Oh um, right, okay. And it wasn't I I cosplayed a unveiled changeling for about twelve weeks at university because uh -huh. I played a wood elf in their LARP thing and I used spirit gum to stick on my ears. Um, and it chemical burnt all the top of my ears. No. Um, so it looked like <laughs> it looked excellent for unveiled changeling prosthetics because it looked like i'd literally like burnt off the top of my ears oh, for about yeah yeah not not good so spirit gum is one of these things like it's it's obviously not if you're allergic to it and it's 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 good and it works but i actually i i, I really dislike putting it on anyway <laughs> this is the one thing yeah I... you you hate it don't you oh yeah, no. yeah exactly. oh it's, it's when um so i think last time when oliver was putting his ears on he's sitting in the tent and it always gets spirit gum everywhere but i came in and you were about to put the um liquid scarring stuff on your ears thinking it was glue oh yeah and i thought it would have been a lovely effect but it would have completely like shriveled up his whole ears 
I don't know, it was a little clear liquid with a brush. I was like, oh, here's the scarring gum. You were just just about to touch your ear. He's like, no, that's the scarring stuff. Don't do that. That's more Naga than Changeling. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you've you've done a few of your characters have been lineage. How many how many lineage how many of the lineages have you actually done, El? Um, I've done three. Okay. I've done three characters. I keep saying my next one will be unlineaged. Um nah. or low lineaged. Boy. Um <laughs> it is never gonna happen. I did uh, my first character was a Cambion mm-hmm. um and went and got overwhelmed by the realms mm-hmm. um in her final um times into being very ambitious my second character was a briar mm-hmm. um who actually um, manifested their briarness at their first event because you always need a um you always need to have one of the markings yeah, i yeah. came in with a cut on my neck that had green veins coming out of it and okay. i was like nah druge caught me with a knife on the way here mm-hmm. and these veins are coming out it's probably poison she was really anti-briar and then over that event started manifesting more and more briarness and it was a story of someone who was um anti-briar and very vocal about being anti-briar and had like in her upbringing didn't think that briars had a right to have a place in society having to accept the fact that she was a briar um that's 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 really interesting yeah Yeah, i like that (laughs) it it was an interesting way i I built her to be incredibly gullible um so that it was the players controlled her route and that was not a good thing to do if you want to have any control over your character um because i got taken under the wing of a cultist um and with actually um had Kyle looking out my neck um, as she descended into being a very into being a purity-based cultist on trying to cleanse herself of her briarhood. Um, uh, that's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you've you've got you've got the yeah you've got Hydegard coming after you, not because you are a a a, a briar, but because you're a, a purity cultist trying to get rid of you. <laughs> she never, it was only her final event before she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my characters were one event off being executed when they died on the battlefield. Um, and um, she never said the word purity until her final event. Okay. Um, yeah. She, If someone asked her what virtue she was um, and when she got turned to that virtue, um, she got dedicated to a wise choice of a virtue. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was always wisdom guiding her choice of virtue. Yeah. Um, I, it was because I originally wanted her to be wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a very energetic Kohan, um, and a lot of her choices seemed stupid. But if you looked into it, she had a weird logic that she she was quite like me she she go through really bonkers ways to solve problems mm-hmm. um and go go at things like a bull in china shop uh-huh. um and um yeah so she she always went through things being a wise choice of virtue um uh, but first of all tried to be wisdom and got turned down by two wisdom priests for the virtue of wisdom Okay, um yeah. I, I asked two wisdom priests can i be dedicated to wisdom and they said you need to work at your virtue more before we choose this path for you okay um and then i asked um a priest who i very heavily looked up to in this character it was it was an unhealthy relationship of looking up to um their character okay yeah. um mm. uh, it, that she 
my character was very obsessed with their character. It was a Kohan that would do lick the boots of this character, and this character it was a really fun thing to role play because um, the character like had me wrapped around um, their little finger, uh-huh. um, and they took me to the side and I was like, "Oh, it's been terrible. I'm trying to get dedicated to wisdom, and no one will take me, and I don't understand this. I'm trying so hard to be wise." Um, and they look down at me and they're, they're going, I'm a priest. I can dedicate you to a wise choice of virtue. And we went out the back and I got dedicated. Um, and then I got given an item and then it was like, oh, so you are aware what we're doing here. And I went, yes, I'm very aware what we're doing here. Let's go for this. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it sounds like, because uh, from what you what you said about your previous character, it sounds like you very much... It, it, do, do you like to lean into that type of that type of gameplay or do you just end up finding yourself in that type of that type of thing um i think people would very fairly say that i am i'm typecast into the perky sidekick yeah um yeah um i'm a bit of a chaos goblin i, I always i i've not got much of it i have add mm-hmm. um i don't have much of patience for long meetings or um, the politics games. This character, I was there going, do I want to be an ambassador? But I'm just having more fun being a bit of a villain, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, it, it, I, I very much, I like to go out and find my own game. And it's usually very battle heavy and poking um, one side of the rule or another. I, I like finding really niche things in the game and just seeing how far I can push it and taking really simple ideas um like my first character i was militia with her um she was a freeborn militia so she was Uh brutally honest um so she'd be honest to the militia but she was also honest to the death cult she was infiltrating um and both sides kept her alive because the militia realized she was leaking all their information to the death cult (laughs) um but the death cult um were keeping her alive because they were getting all the information off the militia, but were very aware that she was leaking all their information back to the militia. Um, and sure. I had, yeah, yeah, one of the best interactions I've ever had in LARP was I had one of the militia I was working with, um, we sat down and we looked at each other and they were, she was an Urizen runaway, she did not get on with Urizen. And it was an Urizen, a militia who I worked with a lot and we had a great kind of relationship with. We sat down yeah. and looked at each other and um he looked at me and he went i don't like you as you went back going, i don't like you either they go but you're too useful and i think yeah you're too useful too they go yeah i'm just gonna let you know that when this is solved you will be executed as you went around and, and just grinned went there i'd like to see you try and that was the kind of um before we had going with each other and i knew with her i had the death cult had a hit out with her when she stopped being useful. The militia were planning to get her executed the next event. And then she went and had a really heroic, heroic death in the battlefield. <laughs> um, came back a hero, had the hospital singing for her. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really juicy. I like it. You don't know any of this is good. Like there's so much going on in the field and it's so, it's so cool that people like just, just find these just unique sides of the game. I'm just like, I didn't even consider you could be a, basically a undercover double agent 
up game. Yeah, in the most un undercover way. It was just very, it was just very much, I loved the freeborn side, the honesty part of being a freeborn. And I was just there going, how would a freeborn deal with being in the militia? Um, and yeah, and being sent on undercover missions when they can't be dishonest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just went into, yeah, I, I did have a rather scary moment that I was sat at the back of this big meeting of all these cultists, um, and uh, they're going, if any one of these asked me, are you militia, my character is going to turn around and just went, yeah, I am, what are you going to do about it? And uh, they're going, I have, um, I have one, get it together. Um, I have two cleaves. Uh -huh. yeah. I have yeah. five hits, and I forgot my chainmail. <laughs> what are my chances of getting to that door? <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the, you you're just literally the the Ralph Wiggum. I'm in danger. Me yeah. sitting there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's those moments. It, there's just no way we'd experience in real life um, that LARP just gives. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, what other environment would you be? having those sorts of emotions of trying to figure out if you can get to the door in a safe place in real life. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Um, it's like being in a movie because, yeah, I mean, it's probably in real life, it probably is, it, it very rarely happens that type of thing anyway, you know? Yeah. I've, I've no, I have no idea, but it's, that's such a movie trope, isn't it? <laughs> to be able to do that, like, in LARP, especially, like, in a game like Empire where there's so much going on, you, you could, like, listen to... That's why I've enjoyed having people on, because people could, like, listen to our stories and be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of... That's what it's like. They, they do this, and you go out, and you do some drinking, mm. and you, you interact with these soldiers, and blah, blah, blah. But having people on, it's like everybody has, like, just wildly different experiences. I mean, totally. Point. And, like, you're, you're, like... What you've done in a year of being in LARP has been amazing. I mean, my first event, we hid in a tea shop like deer in headlamps. Uh... <laughs> it, it is. It is quite kind of a yeah. Well, how did you? Were you quite? Um, were you quite overwhelmed then when you went to 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 Empire? Yeah, hugely. Um, the my Cambian. Um, when I went in, I was playing. Um, I looked at the combat game and it intimidated me. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're going, I don't know a lot about fighting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not too sure if I'll be comfortable with that side of the game. Um, and so I'm going to play a trader yeah. um, who's going yeah. to deal with lots of money, um, be a bit of a pacifist and be a good person. And In then... one event, this character <laughs> was like barely read anything Kohan so went onto the battlefield murdering shit up um, and had the biggest sailor potty mouth in the existence of the universe. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually in real life didn't swear until I played that character. She's more <laughs> like a sailor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Not like that, you're just like, I'm going to try swearing this time. <laughs> yeah. I, it was usually that. I was, I was an awkward teenager. That was pretty much me discovering going from being a kid to an adult was this character. I, I was hugely body conscious. Um, I wore a crop top um, with no sleeve. My first kit was atrocious. Um, but the first time I had like a sleeveless top on and showed off my belly. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, I swore like a sailor um, and was a bit of a jock. Um, and I, I made one of my best friends in the field um, was I put on the Facebook pages. I'm a runaway from Urizen. Is there anyone in Urizen who wants to collab? Um, 
my mate Brad went, um, I've got a citadel I've just started up in Urizen. We had a bit of a chat with they're going, these are OC boundaries. Is it okay if I just go for you when I see you? Um, and I, um, we met each other for the first time ever in our lives. We're absolutely foul at each other. We're cursing and swearing and being nice. completely brutal. And then just went out of character and they're going, you're just such a good guy. Um, and we're now really good friends. Um, Wonderful. And yeah, um, that was that was an interesting way to make friends. Um, but yeah, it was, it's just that immersion and side of discovering yourself is she was no not the character I went in the field being overwhelmed by at all you just need to find your niche yeah and yeah. I think it sounds like you two found it automatically like that, <laughs> no, you went in. yeah I don't I, I tell you what I don't think I've actually have I said this I think you know what I'm about to say Robin because I, I keep saying I don't think I've actually ever said it on the podcast right might be surprising but like there were times at E1 oh, yeah. where I was like hmm, is this for me and like I, it's, it seems to like taken over my life, and I absolutely fucking love it now. Um, but yeah, no, there were actually times at E one where I think it's because I'm not like we weren't camping people. Um, it was a lot to take on. There was a lot going on. It, it was very surprising as well, just having so many people there, so many, so many charismatic people, all in one place, was quite like. Oh, oh wow yeah usually i'm the chatty one in the room and all these people and everyone seemed to know what they were doing and i was like i thought these people hadn't been playing in two years <laughs> and everyone was just everyone <laughs> was just into it and i went to military council and i was like this is fun but i'm like this is this is quite heavy you know and it was also it was tiring and it was cold so there were there were moments there were short yeah, moments at moments. e1 <laughs> we were like i was like oh god yeah is this for me but i think it was just it was just tiredness and it was just gay. I hadn't, I wasn't used to it, you know? Oh, I think he'll, he'll be fine with me saying this, but it took my brother four years. Yeah. Um, he went in at 16. Um, he's incredibly, he's an amazing actor. He's got an incredible, we're, we're like polar opposites. I think it, it's like, it, it shows how um, non-conforming and excellently my parents raised us is mm -hmm. that my brother He's he very much cares about the way he dresses. Um, looks looks like a movie acting model mm. when he walks into a room. Has a beautiful voice, beautiful actor, but very quiet and really didn't find his place. Mm -hmm. um, he went in with friend friend group um, that left and fell out with one of them, and yeah. um, then he kind of was on the outskirts of the Kohan, but was really like I'd come home and I was doing stuff for the militia and infiltrating people and he'll come home and he was like, Yeah, I sat around campfires and chatted and I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it took me a while to understand that we just enjoyed different games. Um and then I think he's only just this year, um, his um second character that did actually end up being a Kohan, but he was mm -hmm. never really actively he's not particularly violent um he was played a, a healer um but he's now re-rolled a hakama which are the okay. magic like ritualists who um th they've got an equal um kind of a, the hakama created the kohan originally okay um, right. uh, and the hakama 
um, look out for the Kohan and cause when the Kohan go and beat someone up or causes trouble, it's always the hackmen that go in. They're going, hey, you don't tell off my Kohan. Mm -hmm. I will go around the back like a parent to tell off my naughty children. But right here, you, you do not speak ill of them. And if you do, then I will come and curse you. Yeah. So what's, um, the, what's the definition of a, of a Kohan then? Um, a Kohan is an archetype. Um, mm -hmm. It's the fighting. I think in Dawn, it's like the equivalent of a questing knight. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, oh, no. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's not like, because I think every nation has like two options for your like grouping. Because, yeah, we have yeah. houses and then we have um, knightly orders. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is, um, or like the, yeah, it, it is the, basically the knightly order. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a bit weird in the archetype fact is that the Kohan are completely separate of the nation. You can't be a family member. You can't be okay. a Scrivener and a Kohan. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah. it's, um, originally the Hakimah. Uh, who are family members but are like the ritualists who come together and deem themselves stronger together mm -hmm. um they they had all these um thieves and murderers and bad people in the brass coast and they were like we can execute these people or we can turn these people who no longer have their families have disowned them um and no longer have the alliances of family or the family members that will miss them when they die and then turn them into fighters. So the Kohan of the whole, they don't have families because when they die on the battlefield, it means that there'll be no one who mourns them. Um, and it's they, they very much they go out in the battlefield to save family members dying, so that the families are kept the contained unit. Um, okay, they're pretty much, yeah, yeah, they're, okay, they're right, the buffer yeah, yeah. line to keep the family families alive. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're, they're just yeah. So that makes sense now when you're saying like the fight, fighting is is part of the archetype. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you, they exist to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, well, I mean, it's, it sounds very much like um. Yeah, like there's there's been real world empires that yeah, good conquerors will do like good conquerors won't kill all their enemies. They'll be like, well, you don't have anything else to live, you know, you don't have anything else to live for. You may as well, if you want to be alive, then you can fight for us, you know. So because I think they did that with a lot of the European uh, cultures, didn't they? When they, uh, sorry, the uh, kind of Western European cultures and that um, kind of like move, moving across. I think they they took a load of people on and were like okay, well, you're, you're just here to fight. And they just sent a load of people to, like, Britain yeah. and things like that. So they didn't actually send yeah. the, the, the actual Romans over here, you know? Yeah. Um, now, in in the world of the Empire, it's not so much that. There are, at times, that people, when they commit a crime, will be given the choice between execution or becoming a Kohan. Oh, really? Um, but at the same time, um, most of the time, it's now just a calling. Um, it's now um, it, we've had a really sh new shift around in the Kohan since we left, so it may work slightly differently in the field now. And I really love what they're doing now. If there's any new Kohan here, it's awesome what you're doing, um, and it's great seeing how they're developing it from something that we'd have the members of our groups that were year one E one Kohan, mm -hmm. um, and but um a lot it was a lot of those members they were either born into the kohan um or it was their mental cooling in life um yeah. or like because my character being a runaway from urizen was running away from a family and didn't want to get 
tied into a new one so became a kohan mm-hmm. um and my second character was Seguran and had her family raid and had like her twin sis um niece and nephew but were raised like it was a freeborn family raised like siblings um die in their arms um and uh, the rest of the family went to safety when i'm going to stay behind and it's my duty and now i'm turning into a briar i'm not worthy of having a family i'm going to save the families and that was her mental space into going i'm going to be a kohan and she was trainee so she was doing a year training and then would take the oath um yeah it's a really cool aspect of the game Mm -hmm. yeah no the 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 archetypes are the archetypes are great you've had so you've had you're on your fourth character currently um third i think i'm point five um but (laughs) it's my third character um because when when my first character died i played a throwaway character for like half an hour and then yeah when my last one died she died on saturday so i played another kohan for the rest of the weekend Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i went to the league yeah Um, so so this is your first nation shift then currently yeah this is my first nation shift Mm um which was a wild ride because I was going to be going to Urizen a week before the event and then that group fell there was OC issues um so I decided to shift um to the league uh, is that I had um some members of the league who are now my IC dad um he he jokingly when my last character died he was very involved in um kind of the positive it's okay, you're a briar, pat, pat, well done. Uh, <laughs> of Curry. Um, to the fact that um, they had a, a briar that was a close family member of them that went and died in battle and had written a letter, which was very briar. It was a brilliant fizz rap. It was really, really intricate. There was like all sorts of their thoughts and mindscapes and sketches, all in different colours, all over the piece of paper. Um, and in tiny red writing around one side it said if you find this letter burn it Um, that and then he he had another letter basically going this is this was Brian you that was really close to me it's okay Um, they died a hero of the empire they died virtuous you're going to go to the labyrinth because I couldn't live myself if this person didn't go to the labyrinth Um, and my character being very Briar and me in my similar headspace is that and they're going i'm going to open the letter that looks most interesting first mm-hmm. so left his letter to the side opened it up and the first thing i saw was when you find this letter burn it uh so i didn't tell the character i told the player i i've done something don't worry oc it's fine but i'm not going to tell you what i've done i then because i'm i'm a prop maker so uh, i then copied the letter perfectly onto a identical piece of paper okay yeah, so yeah. the original fizz rep was kept in one piece mm-hmm. and oh, burnt it right. uh, and then handed his character back the burnt letter and my character they're going i'm really sorry i read the burn this letter when you find it and i did the first instruction i was given um, <laughs> and now you're your person you really loved that died and this is like the last memory you have of them. I've just burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, that that was that was very clever of you to to copy it down because I probably would have just been like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this, and then like, what did it say again? <laughs> 
I'm just too much of a hoarder. I've got a LARP scrapbook. Oh, I'll grab it now. It's it's yeah, kept no, in my bed. Yeah, let's see it. I, I've kept every letter and every traumatic wound. And like, it, it's quite wow. a, yeah. It's, is... it, it's opened on pages. It is, everything's in there. Yeah, for, yeah, for listeners, this is a thick, this is a thick, uh, thick book that Ellie's showing. Oh my um, god, has that got your player pack things in there as well? Yeah, um, <laughs> here you go, my very first player pack back in 2017. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Um, it had a surname that I dropped very soon because it makes no sense. Um, yeah, and, and we did the yeah. same thing, Robin, right? We had like, because we, we were like, well, we were, because we came in as like yo folk and we the idea was to become noble so that that's how we would get our second name and a lot of the t i think i think it says somewhere on the the dornish brief that uh, people will just like second names sometimes for yo folk just comes from the deeds they do so we were just like yeah nah, we'll, we'll give ourselves a second name just to differentiate just in case people yeah. have the same names but oh wow my first piece of concept art for kit when i didn't understand the fact that cambians didn't have elf ears so um yeah we had horns and elf ears um uh yeah i've got the first yeah i've got everything i i've got a, a map of wintermark that i got when i was messenger running at my first event oh wow and the pledge edition um and yeah i've got every single traumatic wound and letter that's been written to people i then started doing my war paints with <laughs> your war paints yeah, um, Kohan, they wear war paint. Um, so right, okay, okay. So that's the paint of red sun scorpions, which would paint our faces to look uh -huh, like. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so that we would terrify our foes by being mm -hmm. so colourful. Yeah. Um, I love your they... paint. Like, like that, that one you, you've got, because um, I've seen the, the, the photos and things that you sent through, but the ones of your war paint is incredible. It's just so bright and just so striking. And I was like, oh, that just looks amazing. How long does it take you to get ready into all that war paint? Um, that one, it depended if I was doing it for a social event yeah. or I was doing it <laughs> at like 6am on an Empire Day. Um, but um, I could get cherries on pretty quickly. It was mainly the lineage fizz reps. It was like a half hour get up. I know when my Cambion died, when this character's last event, it wasn't, she was not, at that point, she was not playable. She needed to die at that event or next because she was emotionally exhausting to play. <laughs> and her fizz reps took me three hours to do. Um, because wow. I did, I, I had labyrinth marks all over my skin. Mm -hmm. And then I sealed my labyrinth marks and did my war paint over the top of my labyrinth marks so that if you caught it in the right light, you could see that, my skin was labyrinth marked underneath the wall paint. Uh, at what point did you start to hate yourself for coming up with that idea? Like, oh, at about <laughs> the hour and a half point. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Once, once you set the precedent as well, you know, once you've come out of that tent for the first time and you're like, okay, this is, you know, this is the character, this is what they look like. It's difficult to kind of go backwards then, isn't it? Unless you like get rid of that character, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she, yeah, there were so many things that with her. At, at the same time, she was also my first character. So I had the issues of first lot character that you wanted to rewrite and re-rolls. And yeah. um, I, I loved her arc, but um, mm. it was it was complete. 
yeah. think that was the guess in both my characters have completed their arcs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like this current character, I'd be really upset if she went and died next battle. I'd probably curse her. I'm doing a high death event next weekend. Oh, so, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. If she dies, it's your guy's fault. Um, <laughs> So when this uh, podcast episode goes live, you'll have to put in the, the live chat whether you've survived. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, by the time this by the time this goes out, it would have happened. So so it already maybe, happened. Maybe I'll put maybe I'll put a little spoiler at the at the end or something like that. Just, uh, just to update. I'll do one of those. You know the documentary. Uh, you know the, not documentary. The like the real life story films. And it's like at the end they just say what happened to the real life character in it or something like that. Just a little black screen. Put some like yeah, black screen and just the writing coming up, maybe some music fading out with what really happened. Because you've been in you were in the Brass Coast for quite a while. We've we've actually talked to quite a few people that because I noticed you said earlier you you accidentally said, Oh yeah, we and you're like, Oh no, it's not we anymore in the league. Quite a few people do that when they've been in a, a nation for quite a while and they've been in a nation the new nation this year. Do, do you how do you do you have you missed it yet? Have you missed the Brass Coast? Um, I I hope no one hates me when I say no. no. <laughs> um, I I I love the Brass Coast. Yeah, I have a lot of fond memories there. But the group I was in, we all went our own separate ways. Yeah. We all died or got executed or um went and walked the trods um mm -hmm. and. I think because there was such a shift in letting the new Karen come in and seeing the amazing stuff they're doing and that shift is that I I need to step away from it for a bit and I need to go elsewhere yeah. and experience new things. Yeah. Um, and I think I will go back to the Brass Coast at some point. My brother's still there. Yeah. Um, but I'm a very firm believer that you can have a good time in any nation. I know a lot of people are very nation loyalist. Um, yeah and are very much my nation's the best nation yeah, and yeah. i think i've failed to like recruit anyone to my nation because when people are there going what's the best nation and they're going at this time moment in time the brass coast is the best nation for me or the league of the best nation for me but i think it's the group i think if you've got a good group you will enjoy whatever nation you're in oh yeah i I, um, could, I could see us like enjoying pretty much pretty much any nation i think i think we I, we, I think we fit very nicely into Dawn. We, we had the, yeah. I think a lot of people during the, the pandemic had the luxury of having lots of time to do lots of research before their first Empire event. And they had lots of time to uh, gather groups of new people that were going for the first time and be like, oh, we're, go yeah. we're all going to this. We're going to make a new house in Dawn. We're going to do this and do that. And they've kind of come in with the whole like, oh yeah, Dawn. And that, for us, yeah, we, we were very sure that dawn was gonna be for us uh i i, d I the, the good thing is we had we had each other that's the thing like you were saying yeah. earlier about like you know we, we, we we've done well in our first year and you were talking about groups uh we we're lucky because we went as a as you know husband and wife basically you know so if if things weren't if you know if we weren't finding good game we just together would go off and do something together we're like we'll go to yeah. a a, a tavern together you know so at no point will we ever like oh i feel left out of dawn because we would kind of we would just do things together if we weren't doing yeah with someone else you know yeah no no totally is it um i think that it's it says a huge credit to empire as a game yeah that 
everyone from whatever nation they're in believe that they're in the best nation. It's it's yes. um, that's a good it's, point. <laughs> it's it's the best part of the game. It's the best part of the game they've made. I think it's yeah it's, yeah. Yes. It, those people who are far more patriotic over their nation than they are the country they come from out of character 100%. even when I, they admit that the nation that they're a part of including the empire we're a part of aren't you know aren't ethically or morally good you know so it's just like i love my nation even though i am willing to admit that we do not do things the right way yeah like i'm just saying now is that if england loses a football match i'm like meh not too bad. If if my nation, if the league played put the ball against marchers and lost, there there would be punch ups that night. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and that's not just because I play a highly fighty, aggressive street urchin, yeah. um, trying to fit in <laughs> the upper stage of the society. Uh, <laughs> the lineage side, lineage side of the game. What's what was funny for me is that I w wasn't planning on being lineage at all um it wasn't actually until i read the the actual changeling brief because robert like in every ttrpg i i usually do play a human um and my current character is based on my human paladin so i was like yeah. oh i'm just gonna be a human that's fine and then robin was like oh no i'm gonna be because she's like okay in fact one of the first questions robin asked me about larp and i was like oh will you come laughing with me you just went can i be an elf and i'm like i think so <laughs> I, th I think I think you can be an elf. Yeah, I can be an elf, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was like, oh, there's there's these lineages, and I think changeling would be the one you go for if you wanted to be an elf. And then I read it, and I was like, oh, actually, I think I want to be one of them. You read it out loud because you were like, I want to be human, and um, I'm not going to have a lineage. And we were in the room, and um, you were like, I'm just going to read this out for you. And you were reading it out. And as you were reading out the description of um, a changeling and what actually meant to be a changeling, you were getting more and more like, oh, this is actually, no, this is me, actually. Yeah. Because I, I didn't I'm really, a changeling. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really have the desire to do any of the um, the prosthetics. What about you, El? Were you, were you drawn to the lineages because of the because of the prosthetics and things like that? Or were you drawn to it because of the, like, the game side of it? I honestly can't remember for the Cambion. Mm hmm. Um, I, I think that, um, I, I think that lineages are great because they're almost in a way like tarot readings is that you can oh. read yourself into any of them. Um, yeah. and then take that aspect out of it. Okay. I, I played a Cambion, um, and I very much played into the aspects of me that are very Cambian, like they're very stubborn-minded, mm -hmm. um, very ambitious, very driven to the point of blindness um, in the direction they want to go. And I'm like, yeah, I, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I go around going, yeah, I, I'm playing Cambian because I'm a Cambian in real life. And then I played a Briar and they're going, I've just been diagnosed with ADD it makes a lot of sense with the way my brain works I'm very very active people know that I need to be like stimulated either physically or mentally all the time yeah um and um so then they're going yeah I'm a briar and now I'm playing this character and I've gone the other way I want to play a really really different character so I played a marrow um so what, what, going, I've never read yeah. the marrow what, what what's the marrow's um kind of role play brief the marrow brief is really interesting um it's the most um like 
in a way in it's it's it can be read uh, a lot of times a very impractical voting game because your boon is that you can breathe underwater um okay right. which is really really useful um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. so that when the mud apocalypse comes in theory all us marrows could just like stealth under the mud um yeah. and you're just like no no I'm, I'm actually yeah. underwater in this part yeah. in this this part i mean yeah I, I don't see how they would ever uh, actually be able to bring that into play ever <laughs> what we may have something really as, as really? a thief as a, as a league thief mm-hmm. um i'm really excited about because i'm also i'm from sato mm-hmm. um and um and it's no big secret my character's a bit dodgy but um we they they flooded the bank mines okay and there may be something down there and there would like it may just be me reading into the winds of war about the flooding of tomato oh, oh, right. okay. mm-hmm. but there's like if i put two and two together it looks like there may be some skirmishes into the, the flooded mines of tomato that would um, that would be that would be so funny, wouldn't it? Because the, the flooded vaults of Tosato, yeah. and I'm just my character's she's a bit of a magpie, and she's just like, ooh, I, I could be very useful doing that because not oh only God. am I a marrow and very aggressive and have fighting stats, um, I could probably pocket a few things and get away with it. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. now I'm thinking about that. Yeah, that's that, that's because I'm like, how would they ever bring that to play? I'm like, yeah, well, of course they could because they could be yeah. like. Hey, you know this skirmish is literally, you know, you either they go, oh, that these areas are above water, these areas aren't, or they just go the whole things below water. And guess what? If you want to go through the central gate, you're gonna to have to be a marrow if you want to do if you want to do this. Yeah, like what I'm unsure about with that is that I know that PD are very much they want to be inclusive to everyone and give everyone the opportunity for a skirmish. So I don't know how well it'll go down with that side. Say so that this skirmish is only for marrow. Um, I, I guess what they would have to do is be like. Because they, they do the same with them. With, because um, that's where we got a lot of our kind of changeling game that we didn't really pay much attention to. Oh, right. Because we, we said, oh, we'll be changelings. And we didn't get affected with our lineage really in roleplay until like E2 when we went Yeah, on. did you get packed off to Spiral? Yeah, we oh, we went yeah we went on, on a skirmish and there was like a load of there was a load of miasma and then that's when we were learning about miasma and everyone was like, oh yeah. you need to get anointed you need to get anointed and then some of our you know uh, some of our changeling friends who are very changeling were like you don't need to get anointed. You're just going to get angry and it's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, Cambians are the same. They just get really ambitious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so unless they did something like that where it was like, oh yeah, you know, everyone can come, but to come, you're going to need to get something done to you. You know, you're going to get yeah. some some ritual yeah. done to you. But Marrows, you're going to be fine. You know, I guess yeah. they could do yeah, it that way. Yeah, that, that, that would be a much better way. Because yeah, like, that, like you said, it includes everyone, but it gives that little extra bit of game for those who have that Marrow lineage. And just yeah. that little, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we can just look more heroic because we don't have a really silly bubble floating around our head. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be, yeah. Is there a spell that gives you like a bubble? Yeah, that would be a great idea for a, how good an idea for a skirmish would that be? I mean, it might might be an imaginary bubble around your head, but you're just like, yeah, this part's underwater. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that would be such a good opportunity for them to like introduce a new uh, a new like barbarian nation or something, you know, like a yeah. an, a semi aquatic nation or something. Oh, we we don't know what's going on down those mines, no. um, but it would it would be cool to have something something weird like that, um, a monster or something. Yeah, but um, 
yeah so marrow it is you you can breathe underwater which yeah. as said is really useful um i can also see it potentially being useful at some player events but it's it's just great for spicy backstory stuff like my character jumped into a river at one point um and i find that because marrow um in their brief they get um they're not unemotive that's something that people very falsely do a lot of the time mm -hmm. um but they they're very very logic based um they okay. look at things um and they they come across as quite calm um i don't as this one but um uh, on when how i do play it is that my character calms down by jumping in water okay that that's right. yeah she she feels closer to um the realm of day when mm -hmm. she's underwater yeah um and yeah do, um, do you think some of the lineages because because when you're saying that about the marrow but the because a lot of the marrow i've seen are in like urizen and i'm yeah. like i feel like maybe that's a they've kind of taken a bit from like urizen and the marrow brief because i know that's what when i read the changeling brief i was just like oh well because i wanted to be you know i wanted to be the most dornish knight possible yeah. and i went yeah. the the changeling brief very much fits on top of if you want to follow the dornish brief as well it's just like yeah you want to be oh. the center of attention you're emotional you're, i'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> oh hugely it's one of the great things about pd is that they've written each nation to have different opinions and things like um one of the reason urizen i see have so many marrow is because the marrow being calm and liking a nice chill environment clashes directly with the freeborn brief so all the freeborn, if you have a marrow child, um, on the whole, they don't, it's not out of not loving the child. They really love the child, but they understand that this child won't have a good life in the hubbub and energy and parties of the Brass Coast. So they send them to Urizen. Oh, really? Wow. That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, there's not very many marrow in the Brass Coast because it would mean that your your parents made the very, like, par decision of that nation to keep you and not send you to some urizen like adoptive parents yeah um but that's yeah it's really cool like you said it's clever of them because it's like they don't say they just say oh here's some lineages you know and you can as long as you're a human you can choose one of these lineages they don't say oh you're in this they don't even say on the brief oh by the way this is what a briar is but they don't say yeah you probably you're more likely going to be better off in this nation it's just like people go oh you know and you show up and you just realize that there aren't really that many briars in Navarre and you know there, there are quite a lot of drow gear in Barushka you know you just you just pick up on that you're like oh yeah and then Cambians really because they're so business-headed really gel with the Brass Coast and the League and to be honest if you're a Cambian the Brass Coast is where you want to go because they um they believe that Cambian blood is lucky on contracts oh um and everything has a price so you can make a quick coin by just just selling your blood to contracts um uh, being a fighty cambian i i had bottles of my blood from if, if i got traumatic wounded or something in the hospital i'd be like just to put this bottle underneath i'm collecting this blood because you're just spilling money on the floor there yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> just money on the floor it's just you know that's really that's yeah. really cool you can throw away that rag you just wrapped for romain give that back <laughs> i need to strain it out um uh, uh. yeah I, I i love i love when people do things like that do they they take they take a little bit of like of the brief or the lore or whatever they're just a little tiny detail 
and they go right you know i'm going to just really lean into it like you know it's just like oh it's camion's got lucky blood oh i'm going to yeah take take files out with me that's that I, i'd love it when people do things like that it's like it's another reason why Mero gels so well with the um with ozen is that they share almost the same arate belief is that they um Mero very they like to have one interest that they want to do very well Oh, right. um, and can get very into doing that one thing very well. So you get very, very martial marrow that just yeah. concentrate on the martial side of things, or they just have like one interest here yeah. and there. Yeah. Um, like my one, her her interest is metal, um, everything to do with metal. She wants to be the best fighter of metal. She's she's a blacksmith. She wants to forge the best metal. She wants to. Um, she also um, she sword speaks. Um, I, I do like sword readings um, in which she can, she, she can hear the whisperings of swords um, and it's all, it's a bit like, yeah. I'm going um, to have to find an excuse to uh, come and come and role play with you and see if you can speak to Godric's sword or something. I was thinking that, I was like, I was like what, what does my, does my sword need something? <laughs> uh, well, your sword's your greatest ally and you want your, you want your greatest ally on your side in battle. If it doesn't like you, you need to deal with that. Uh, I need to make sure my sword's like me. Uh, I feel like I feel like both our characters, Robin, would take that super seriously. We'd be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, it is something that if is getting booked, I need to know an event in advance because there's a lot of like OC sleight of hand stuff going on in the performance okay, yeah. that I need to prep beforehand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but again, we we I need to we need to find a uh, an, an icy reason to that. That's the thing. Yeah. We've we've got we got like so many uh, amazing like LARP friends now, and so many people have, amazing people have come onto the to the uh, to the show like yourself, and I'm like they've got so much interesting game going on. I'm like, I, 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 how am I going to find an excuse to find these people that I don't know in character, you know, and, <laughs> and find an excuse to have game with everyone, you know? Because as soon as... I do, do you find this, Elle? Do you, like, do you find that, you know, you, you have ideas of what you want to go and do and who you want to spend time with, and then when timing comes, you're just, you're just I, swept away? You do none of them. You do absolutely none of them. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of the reasons I've... I've um like I almost try to not organize things or organize like two things a day because I just get swept up into so many other things yeah um and yeah um and I often um because I've now been in empire since 2017 I've got such a wide range of people I know that are spread in every nation of the empire you always leave going I didn't even speak to such and such who's my really good friend yeah um so yeah, you almost need to like because I did one event. I tired myself out because I tried to meet up with everyone, yeah. and yeah. I found out that I met no one in that event because I was just I'd go okay, so I need to meet this person. Go find them. They're in a meeting, then chase them for an hour, find them, have like ten minutes with them, and then go. Oh, but I said I'll meet such and such at X amount of time, and that's in three minutes' time. So I've now only seen you for five minutes, and I need to jump to. Yeah, that. So that is what happens for, for yeah. people like people who do go to Empire listeners. You'll you understand this completely. People who haven't been there yet, that is something that does like is so difficult. If you're chasing someone, it is just it, it can feel like a waste of time because if you're forcing an interaction, you know sometimes you do actually need to find someone and ask them something. And that's frustrating. But if if you're just going, oh, we'll go and see what 
that person's up to. And then you're like, have you seen this person? Oh, they've just gone that way. I think they went with this person to that person. And you keep following them. And then when you finally find them, you're like, oh, hey, they're like, oh, hey, oh, I'm, I'm heading. I, I need to go to a Synod now. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. And it's just like, wow, that was that was a waste of half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I think if you if you've got a arranged meeting, it needs to be something that both people know and both people know the location. And it's yeah. really only something that there's something I need to OC prep for. And I did a bar fight last event. So obviously there was a certain like OC choreography side of that Ooh. that was prepped beforehand. Amazing. And we had to get refs to know for that. Um, and sort all of that out. So that was something that was very organized to a point of view. It still happened half an hour later than it was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because I was doing a sword reading that overran. And then yet again, sword readings, I've got a lot of like sleight of hand tricks in which I hide stuff up places yeah. Um, yeah. to make it work. So there's a certain like OC, like to make it work, I see you need to prep out of character. But apart from that, I tend to like to have points to hit over the yeah. weekend but not yeah. ways to hit them yeah um and it's, and it's easier if you're like if, if obviously that you you have a, a an in character an in character reason because that's the thing that the, the the people you it's, it's like real life you know that the, the people that you interact with and you have similar interests in in character are the people you will even though there's thousands of people in the field they are the people you will continually bump into and that's yeah. not a yeah. coincidence because you're just you're both playing very close games with each other and that'll, that'll happen and some people we're really good friends with uh in our own nation they're literally like camped like two dense town or something and we see each other before time out before time in and then as soon as time in comes we don't see them at all ever yeah. you know uh, that's, yeah that's there's the people like that yeah especially the people that camp near us that, that like you know like you just said got such different games and then yeah you see them in the morning and then you might you might see them just as you're going back to your tent to sleep just because they're doing the same thing you're just like hello and that's it I'm too tired to sit rolling with you right now good night well yeah me and my brother we've been we've had the same tent since we started empire and i i think that there's probably less than five pictures of us together really um yeah. wow <laughs> we, we just go in completely different directions um yeah he's He's very good at his game, and I'm very good at being a loud tomboy causing trouble. Um, uh, El, did you find did you find that like easy to do? I know you said you spent a lot of time in the like the the, the tea, uh, like the tea house, tea, tea house, tea room, um, in the in the first event. But because it didn't take us long at all before we were like, all right, let's go and do our separate things. Because the first I think the first two events we were very much like, all right, okay, we're sort of sticking together. What yeah. should we do now? Whereas by E3, we were like, right, let's go. You know? um, no, I did find it a lot harder. I put it hugely down to how young we were at the time. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, and we were at that awkward age that we were too old for the academy. We thought, we thought ourselves as adults, but yet the adults didn't think of us as adults. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I was maybe more so my brother, um, uh, but um, the best thing I did at my first event to get out into the empire was I delivered messages. Um, okay. uh -huh. th there was a letter delivery service mm -hmm. um, and I would like, yeah, um, you deliver letters for a five ring payment and you keep yeah. one ring of that or you keep that i can't remember what it was at the yeah. time the economy's changed a lot but it was it was financially not worth it for me but what was worth it was the fact that i got given 
a set of letters, one in the marches, one in the league, one in the winter mark. I'm a new player. I don't know where any of these places are. I get to meet people. I get to talk to people. I get to like, uh, because I, I have a got, I have a reason to talk to them. I have a reason, yeah. reason to a, talk to the fans. Yeah, and it's rate. not, yeah, it's not a scary, imposing thing either, because no. asking someone directions isn't like going up to an ambassador and saying, I want you to invade X because I believe X. Yeah. Um, and it, like the most heated this got was that I I was delivering um, the icy version of spam for someone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you say, it's it's very much. I, I guess that's very much like beginner friendly role play as well, because it's very yeah, it's very gentle role play. Like just saying, oh hey, you know, I need to come into the orc camp. You know, when you get stopped at the imperial orc camp, and you're like, oh yeah, I have a letter for skywise whatever you know and they're like okay come in it's just it's very it's very straightforward role play and when you give someone a left they go oh it's for me oh great thank you you know it's very yeah um and i i think that it yeah it, it does it gives you and people on the whole are very very welcoming to um people who deliver messages until they open the letter then you want to then not be there yeah, probably um, them, yeah. The, yeah the, don't shoot the messenger has come into play a few times no that was that was my second character who was the messenger runner and i knew was delivering dodgy stuff oh, um okay yeah but um no on the whole it, it's just if anyone's a new player on the field and want to get involved in something deliver messages yeah that's a really good and and, and no one has the time to deliver their own messages and everyone loves receiving them yeah um yeah because there are there are like um there are notice boards as well uh yeah. all around amble so you can literally just i mean that that's just a real easy little game for someone to create themselves especially if you come on your own which i have i have a massive respect for people who come on their own because it was hard oh, enough yeah. for us coming together but if people like coming to empire for the first time on their own that it's i have a lot of respect for you if you do that but that that's a straightforward little bit of game to do you just make up a few posters and go i have a delivery service yeah and i didn't really find my way for my first event even doing that i, like, I was getting into the empire seeing stuff but yeah. i i was trying to do the trading game which um i'm dyslexic and when i'm in the field i can't really process words that well mm -hmm. numbers are all over the place um like reading notice boards i'm there for about seven hours trying to say oh so those letters are meant to be there and then i get to the end of the sentence and they're not processed the beginning yeah um but um I, I then went into the battlefield as at the time playing like, hey, I'm not going to be a frontline fighter. I had a Kohan die on top of, well, um, dying on top of me. And I, we had this really emotional like role play moment of the, they were doing the whole very Kohan thing of the, oh, you're a family member. You shouldn't die when I should keep you alive. I failed in my thing. I'm not going to go to the labyrinth. And I, I was like, oh no, you've tried your best. We'll go together heroes. And I, I really, I should have, I don't have a family. I should have become Kohan, but I wasn't brave enough to do so. Um, and I had made the offhand comment to them is that the, if we get out of this, I'm going to have to become a Kohan. Um, and we had a, the line was like at this point 400 feet away from us oh, it was on the other man. side of the field oh. um and we saw out of the dead bodies one get up and run across the field and it was the kohan battlefield healer who <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> who had seen us down and just broke 
broke up the line. I legged it. And the orcs were just so in shock that this was happening that they didn't do anything until they got to us. We both got up. And by that time, it didn't matter how many hits we were going because we were being hit at the line. And all the brass coasts just saw this three people legging it. <laughs> and like, we're getting this lot back. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, because so, like, if, if it's just, like, I think... I think everyone who's played the you know kind of combat game the the combat game in Empire will understand that it's very much like a if you get stuck behind lines it's bad basically like if if you're if you're behind your allies lines you're going to be fine if you get stuck behind the line of the enemy that's that's not that's not great it's it's ne yeah. never a good thing but every now and yeah. again yeah you can because I I I assume that type of thing might be because because we we do it like if we saw enemy if i don't know if i saw enemy orcs and there was like one down two down and one of them kind of got up i'm probably not gonna like break my line with a load of my uh companions to go run down a couple of orcs you know because we're literally breaking away from our lands which is a stupid thing to do so sometimes you can get away <laughs> with it you know sometimes you can get away with it yeah I had a reputation as a runner. Um, I, I think, to be fair, I, I, I tend to have found it surprising what you can get away with if you surprise the orcs. Yeah. Um, I think, because my first event, I thought that I'd screwed this character and was going to die in my first battle, is that we were fighting Jotun. Uh -huh. um, and I was, um, I was in mage armor, because she was a battle mage. Mm -hmm. Um, and she or she fought with a dagger, so I could. <laughs> um, I, I, I fought with shield and dagger. Yeah, um, it sounds like someone I know actually. <laughs> I, yeah, oh, I, I was down, down <laughs> on the other side of the line, um, and there was some other freeborn family there. And I turned to the Jotun, and they're going, You're people of honor, um, aren't you? And make a deal with me that I've just got my leg cleaved. Um, you're not going to kill someone without legs. That's dishonourable. Um, and these are these are family. These are not people who should be dying. I should be the one that's dying here. And yeah. as people in honour and people who enjoy game, give me my legs back. I will give you my weaponry. I will be unarmed. And if you can catch me, you can fairly kill me. And it will be an honourable death for both of us. Nice. Um, so I handed over all my Smart. weapons and my shield. Got given my legs and I ran. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran for my life and the, the, the family members snuck around the side and back to the, the brass coast because um, they got got up in this deal as well and it was we had ice giants um, and I have no idea how I've done it because I had like five hits um, and I ran um, the, like past the ice giant I was so lucky doing this it was, it was like a movie in my head it's like a movie I had the line running past me I like ran through the legs of an ice giant <laughs> Um, and into Still the woods with <laughs> just this Yotun on all sides going and I was dressed all in red so they were like the, is this one of our slaves like, just running oh. around is this one of our messenger runners who are bright faced um, and I, I had so many like is that one of us and I just shoot past them um, and into the woods and there was a line in which um, there were people it was a thin point in the line and yeah. um, I was like the I go for this and die here or I get hunted down and die here. Yeah. Um, so I legged for the line and I took um, three, I counted three hits on me as yeah. I went through this line 
and then crashed into I think it was the Ornish line. Yeah. They're always where you want them to be. Yeah. Um, I crashed through <laughs> the um, the the line with two hits left, um, and then ran, ran up to the general, and I was like, the, I think I'm late delivering this letter. Aristilus, a general. Um, amazing human being and knows that I'm awful at self-care and look down at me and say going okay so now you're gonna sit down here it's hot and you're gonna have a breather have you drunk and I'm there going no just give me a letter I'm ready to go again and I'm like, no chill out <laughs> we all thought you were dead <laughs> what are you doing here so was that was that your that obviously obviously wasn't your first event was that your that, that was your first uh, this was my second character so second this would have yeah. been my fifth the event. event i played okay. leto four events yeah so you've uh, done yeah. a bit of combat yeah for them. yeah but you, but you knew the first bit of combat that you did you were like oh yeah this is for me which is a lot of people i, like, I was so surprised that robin was like that you know because i i was like you don't have, you don't have to do the combat if you don't want to and she's like oh, okay and then she she did it once and was like yeah this is this my is my entire game forever <laughs> yeah i think my first event i didn't really um enjoy it that much and then at the moment i became kohan and i had people around me yeah. And we had that little group, and we were all idiots. Um, we, we played some... Um, it was like herding cats with us. We'd know, the general would know that the Koran would go do their stuff, yeah. and they will probably come back, but yeah. they might not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and off they go. And that's, why, that's part of the reason we have our colourful faces, that you can see us wherever we are. Yeah. Um, it's it's, that, it's that's the handy thing about being in dawn actually as well that with this thing the colors i don't think you'd ever like there's not many dawnish people that you could confuse for a thrall i think <laughs> respect to the navarre players if they're down they're dead like no one's gonna see them in the bushes no, no. Uh... yeah it, it's 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 a like it's a, a double double-edged sword though isn't it because like some that the, the other side of that is like if you go down in a night skirmish and you're a Navari, no one's going no one's going to pick you up and bring you back. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Like we we cause we did like a, a night skirmish and I was like, but it was the um it was at E4 last year and it was the last skirmish tonight and it was pitch black outside. Yeah. I remember we were like looking around and I was like, I can't see the Druge and I'm sure Wintermark were with us, but I can't see them either and it was that sort of weird moment where i was like i know the druish can see us because we have yellow suns on us <laughs> where are they yeah no that that was an exception to the rule <laughs> yeah brass coast you can hear them where they are like if you're dead on the ground you're and you can always shout even when you're on your bleed out you can shout no that is that's um, a tip, I, yeah. yeah um they and keep going because you don't know who might hear you and yeah. who um i think both my freeborn uh, my first one died there were the number of freeborn we died and we died singing um and chanting uh, no um no we were doing um with dust with flame with glass we were chanting with dust with flame with glass um as we were bleeding out um and my second one um she was a coward really at heart she was um begging um as she went down um and bled out and then i got chucked through the gates terminal um as her both of them i've been lucky enough to go through the gate terminal if you can do it dying is the most fun ever yeah um it's good because you like you said you managed to like finish their arcs as well i'm definitely 
like we, we've still got a lot of unfinished business the both of us uh robin and i like our characters aaron and godrick i wouldn't be massively thrilled if i died you know right now but i you know i i, I want it i want to experience i want to experience it you know and if as long as it was like at, the, at a decent time you know with you two, I think because you've got such a close icy bond as well, it would make sense to do a whisper, whisper through the black gates to finish your story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, that would be pretty heartbreaking and pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, we, um, we, we've already said to everyone. We've, we've said, already said, haven't we? We've already, we've already said, like, because people go, oh, yeah, don't die. I'm like, don't worry. Like, if, if we die, we're, we're going to make it everybody's problem. <laughs> we'll yeah, bring like, it out for... together and it'll be everyone's issue. <laughs> I know when my first character died, my Urs and family were making noises about whispering me. Mm -hmm. um, and the Kohan were getting annoyed by it because they were there. Um, we actually, we lost, um, asked um, for Oz, uh, the, and we lost the Burning Falcons after that character died. That character died believing that we'd got for Oz back and believing that we'd raised an army successfully um oh. that she was very very passionate about um and she completed her arc and they, they're very much they're going is that we don't want her to be whispered and there to be the chance there's some things like it may corrupt your soul we don't really know um yeah, that's, and that's it, a good point actually yeah yeah um and there's, there's no point upsetting someone whose arc is finished uh, from an oc point of view my arc was finished my story was finished yeah, i yeah, had yeah. nothing to tie up yeah. Um, and similarly, my second character, um, she did get dedicated to wisdom before she died. She did go to the labyrinth. She didn't die a heretic. Um, so that wound up that story very well as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel that um, at the end of the day, LARP is all about telling stories. It's yeah. a bit like I know people get very annoyed at people fluffing the rules. And I like I. I hope a lot of people are. I'm a stickler for the rules. I try my best, my absolute best yeah. stay to the rules. Um, uh, but I don't get as annoyed at people who don't keep to the rules as I know some people do. Um, mainly because I'm like, obviously quite pacifistic. I don't like anger. And I think we've got too much horrid stuff in the world as it is. Yeah, that exactly. it's, it's that if they mentally don't want their story to go that way, at the end of the day, it's not my story. I'm not involved in it. If they don't take their hits, um, then they're losing out on dying because some of the best role play I've had is dying. So they're yeah. the only person they're screwing over themselves. Yeah, I mean that, uh, that is an interesting one, isn't it? Because I yeah. mean, you, you like I, I'm just just like literally thinking about it there. I, I can I can see a way where it's where it's done, where it's it's literally kind of it's not harming anyone else's game. So say if you're like okay no like i want this i want this story arc for my character i'm not going to take that one hit from this barbarian and then i'm going to get back through the gate obviously that that can be maybe seen as like a, a victimless kind of like uh it would personally sit very badly with myself doing that yeah um but yeah i, I think that at the end of the day it's their story yeah, um, yeah if that's not the ending they want um then i feel that people should get the endings they they should feel like they have an ending there's nothing worse than dying face down in a ditch on your own in the mud yeah and it's difficult isn't yeah. it because it's like at the end of the day we are we are paying money to have fun 
and play protect you know play play in a pretend world and it's like okay yeah you know what if 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 you if you pay to be like oh right i want i mean uh, the thing is a lot of it because we've orchestrated little bits and pieces of our arc because we had an idea of what uh we wanted to do with our test of metal and things like that you know we, yeah. we we orchestrated little bits of it like for example um you know we we went to all the different nations and we actually had an out of character agreement we were like okay you know where are you going to head, basically? Yeah, so we, like, weren't, we, we so kind we of didn't chose clash. which nations we were doing, and then... Specifically for the reason that we would kind of get, like, double game from it. So if, like, Robin was interested in hanging out in Wintermark, then I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to Wintermark, then I'm going to go I'm going to go check out the league, you know, because I'm interested yeah. in what's going on over there. That kind of thing. So the, the, people do kind of orchestrate it. But obviously, if it's, if it's to the point where you're not taking hits because you're just making yourself immortal and then you are taking down other players and that that's obviously that's obviously yeah, not I, I'm, I'm not like and a big no one's fan winning of that then all. and <laughs> yeah like, like yeah like i mean like, like we keep saying it is it's, it's a trust-based system you know you're trusting that people are playing by the rules yeah. they're taking their hits and everything um and yeah things can happen i mean there's ones that i haven't taken a hit and it was when i got out of character quite badly injured oh i heard about that that's like totally <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, you, i am not I taking that, that hit people would be more upset if you took that hit that's the <laughs> um and it, it's it's always very different yeah because like you said it's it's really trust-based like it's because i feel bad for the like i sometimes feel bad for the archers because there are some like wicked good archers oh my gosh yeah and sometimes they'll like they'll fire off an arrow and it will just like it'll just a beautifully beautiful shot right in the leg and the person doesn't take it and then they they do it again person still doesn't take it, and you're just like oh, they're just not they're just not taking it and then you're like well yeah. i don't know do they have maybe do they, maybe, they, maybe they have chain mail under, underneath there or something yeah. I, I, who what knows really, you know? what does annoy me is when monsters don't do it at the end of the day you're making them look like the hero you don't care about that monster um it particularly with mages um i played a repel mage people on the whole, are getting better at taking repels. They are, I must say, compared yeah. to when I first started. People are taking more repels. I understand that in those orc masks, it's hard to hear the calls. Yeah. Um, but I sometimes I had quite clear, quite um, abrupt vocals with my repels. Um, yeah. I was like, um, I always called upon a a sister. Um, so I would say by Erigo's dust repel. Because I called upon a sister of the Brass Coast, I called upon a, like, because we're dust with glass with flame, so I called upon one of the elements, and then I gave my incantation. Um, so it was always, like, like, may the shards of glass shatter you, or something yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. Um, uh, so I didn't have long ones, and sometimes I, I they weren't taken, um, and, like, I think my best monster death I've had I don't really monster anymore because I can't wear the masks. But when I did monster, one of my favorite deaths I had was that I, I hit one on line. I was on my own. <laughs> I ran at one enemy line and got hit by rappel and then went shooting backwards and didn't quite look where I was going. And I was there, I was there. I was at 15 seconds and there was nothing behind me. I looked behind me, I had a blank field. I was at 20 seconds and nothing behind me. I was at 25 seconds and whack, I hit a shield. And then I looked up and there was this small Dornish line there with an orc like repelled into them. And they just had a sword like go around my chest on the front and just draw across my chest. And then went and then I went down. That's so cool. Went, That's so cool. Because when you brought a repel, I was literally going to ask you about that exact scenario. I was going to say, 
I've always wanted a mage to like repel because <laughs> they have you have to keep going right until you hit something. Not keep going, but you you go you you need to stop if you hit something solid, right? So yeah, and I've done it. I did a play event called Nemesis uh -huh. that um, they had. It was in the dark. They had them invading the, ca the camp, and they had a ditch to the side. Mm -hmm. And I snuck into the ditch as my mage and pinged up behind the orc line, and um, by the powers of Requesa um, repelled them into the the line there, and it's just I, I, what I love about moments like that is when you can tell that the orc's screening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> th one one good bit of um, I, th I think one good bit of it, I mean the, the, one of the best bits of advice for just the empire as a game is to uh, play to your brief because like yeah the the, the briefs yeah. are part of the best part of the game. Play the stereotype. Definitely play, play the, the definitely play a stereotype, but your your description of when uh, you thought you got out of being killed by the Yotun, you know, because you understood the Yotun brief and went, yeah. you're honourable. So my advice as well, like if you're new, even if you're not new, like don't just play to your national brief, make sure you play to your, your monster brief, you know, because that makes it way more fun than just being like, oh yeah, we're just like, you know, we're just, we're just fodder and we're just going to hit the good guys you know it makes it it makes it way better for the imperials and for you if you're like right where you tune you know so that gives you something to think about when you're in in there so like when we've been playing yugara and we're kind of that's quite cool actually i don't think people take advantage enough of that because you're yugara you're not technically yotun so you can cut you kind of be like oh i can't i kind of because the yotun are awesome um and i kind of believe in that kind of honorable thing and like if i'm going to fight someone and yeah. the yotun are telling me don't fight someone if they're not worthy and you can kind of like make up your mind with that but it's 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 way better for you as a monster and for for the for the heroes of the empire if you're like having to think about that because it gives them a different interaction rather than just like oh i've just got to hit you until you go down you know so usually I've... like this uh this interaction i ended on a bit of a sour note that i turned is that the fact that once i got through all of this and i got back and i was down on my two hits mm -hmm. um before i i insisted to get healed up i looked down and noticed i still had uh, my short sword on my hip um which is my gladius that i love to pieces it's uh -huh. my first commissioned weapon uh -huh. yeah um and i i looked at it and my character they're going i can't get healed up because i'm not uphold my side of the bargain and being a freeborn we're very contract based and i went up to the ocean on the enemy line and i i, t I explained the thing as they're going i agreed to our honor that we'd do this um i'll hand this over to you Please take it back to God. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I'm going to kneel down and I handed it to this player and knelt down and dipped my head and gave it to them. And I got hit on the back and I got dropped. Um, and then the line got going in and the freeborn like sending cursing on the, this youth had, have no honor. And that character from that point believed that the Jotun had no honor. Yeah. Um, that's, oh, that's, that is, that's amazing because then that's going to influence them when you're out in the battle again and you're fighting Yotun again and then like how you're seeing them compared to how yeah. you saw them before that's that's pretty incredible yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad but that weapon was then lock, lost and there was lockdown happened and I had I think God ne have never seen such an ecstatic person after lockdown to get reunited with their sword. I was dancing around God, hugging my gladius. Um. Can I just say, by the, by the way, like the amount of stuff that you obviously, it just inevitably gets lost. I've lost so much, so much stuff. Robin has thrown weapons. Um, 
the amount of stuff. I literally throw my weapons away. You literally throw your weapons away. <laughs> uh, the amount, the amount of times I've gone, oh, I bet that's gone forever, and it's just, it's just in the yeah. bins, and I'm just like. I can't believe they because usually like if you go back and you're like oh it's not there now and then you go back like the next event and it's all just there and I'm just like that's incredible that they find and they find so much stuff you know I'm awful at losing stuff I can pretty much have an empty suitcase and take it to God and fill it up with yeah. all my stuff at the end of the weekend yeah. um because it's like acres of woodland and fields and yeah. I, I went to get uh, Robin's little short sword at the right at the end of E4 and I'm like oh we're, we're packing up I'm just going to head over to God see if they picked it up because I think we lost it right at the beginning on the Friday yeah um and it was there and I was like but and then they had like right next as I was like, oh have you got this oh yeah that and I'm like I think I had another thing and then I hadn't even thought about Robin's throwing weapons her throwing knives and I'm like looking in the bin I'm just like well that's the throwing knives as well <laughs> I'm just like oh yeah those are mine too <laughs> it's like <laughs> always put your PID on your stuff yeah. It's the best thing for God, yeah. Um, is yeah, and it also is really helpful when a ref comes up to you and goes, "What's your PID?" And I'm there going, "I don't know. Let's just check my horns or check my sword." <laughs> That's what I I stamped it on my leather armor. I stamped my 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 player ID number on it. Yeah, but you've only got on one, one piece of armor though, right? I've only got on one because yeah. I've memorized it now. But like at the start, I was like, "I'm gonna forget this," and I was so scared. And it was my first event, so I stamped it onto the leather armor just so that I would always know it was there. I made all those throwing knives, and it was the day we were leaving, and I was like, "Right, I literally finished them." just before we were leaving and we were in the van and I thought I'd chucked like a sharpie or something in the van I was like I'll just sharpie the, the number on it it'll be fine totally forgot threw them all away within the first <laughs> but, yeah, I've got most like, of them back <laughs> I mean you make your own so you do have that side but people who buy off the shelf weaponry or stuff that's very similar to other people like I, I think a lot of the times when things get lost it's never malicious it's oh, someone's no. walked past and gone oh that's my sword not realizing they've got it in their tent yeah. um and and they're going did i did i leave it outside when i went in for that thing i better pick it up uh, and then don't realize it if a throwing dagger and particularly with throwing daggers and stuff like that oh, you yeah. will only really realize how many you have when you get back oh yeah we um, yeah we've um i think we've inherited weapons before but i think it's because like uh, kids have been like uh, borrowing our weapons to to practice in the glory square. Kids were borrowing them from people, okay? Yeah, and then and then <laughs> we're like, we're like, oh, it's fine as long as you put them back. And then somehow they put back more weapons than what we lent out. And I'm just like, that's not ours, is it? Oh well, we'll we'll leave it there, and hopefully someone will come and collect. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point, but yeah, I think especially your um your little light armory sword, Robin, because a lot of people oh have that God. sword and. Uh, like my light armories one is quite distinctive uh but your i think your ones uh, a lot of them look this a lot of them have the similar the, the, the hardest ones just like what you were saying al um it's actually the, the throwing knives that i've got are the yeah. generic ones that i've got a lot that i've made yeah. but i've got two that are the generic ones that every single vendor seems to have a set of these ones they're like the light gray ones with the blue detailing on the front and yeah. i thought everyone's going to have those i need to do something to differentiate yeah. those from everyone else's so yeah. i think player id is the easiest way yeah, to PID see. is the easiest way playing a free ball was great because we could just tie ribbons to everything tie ribbons yeah uh, ribbons and bells and yeah what was your what was your <laughs> all right so this is this is what before before because we're, we're we're almost over time now but i wanted to ask you because you mentioned um 
before about your stage fighting thing did you do were you doing that before as you i know you were young when you started laughing but like especially empire did you do that before you were doing laughing or no well i think it it was something well when i went in i didn't think that that would be my thing i thought that i'd Mm -hmm. would get intimidated i i've always done martial arts um since the age of seven i i said that i wanted to be a stunt woman Mm um and um but I really fell in love with stage combat when this character, um, the Cambion character, ended up in the fighting pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did a pit fight um, as her and absolutely fell in love with it. Like I, I had one scene in which I got pushed through the, the, the fence and got my horns caught and it was like a sheep when they've got their their heads caught through the fence and just like lashing out on the side. Um, <laughs> like a cartoon goat like stuck. In yeah, the and, and it was that moment that really um, I did sonography at university. I do mm-hmm. a lot of puppetry and monster stuff. Um, Amazing. And that kind of the route I'm wanting. I'm still very training. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still very, very much at the beginning of my journey. Um, if you come sword fight me, you will probably still beat me. Um, it's it's an odd like it's it's such a it's a weird one for me because like I've I've done kind of martial arts as well and it, it it's a it's a weird one coming into like LARP because it's not obviously it's not it's not actual combat yeah uh because it's 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 touch it's touch based because it's it's supposed to be you know it's supposed to be accessible so you are actually taking sort of taking size out of it, but you're taking you're supposed to be taking strength and things like that the things that um separate things like that but then you've got lots of people who do things like HEMA or do fencing or do stage combat or do martial arts or who are people who work in like a riot police and they, they there's all these different like ways of going oh yeah I use that in my LARP and it's it... to be honest I, I honestly think that anyone without that training may have more chance of beating someone with that training because they're gonna surprise them yeah they're gonna yeah. do something that's not one of their HEMA patterns um, well, I mean, or, I, I, like, I would like to get I would like to get someone who's a brick because I know there's like Hema enthusiasts that are LARP enthusiasts. I don't know there's uh, there's obviously the um the, the reenactment crowd as well. You know who who do this do like more full on combat uh, full on combat full on contact stuff as well. You know, and yeah. but yeah, I always yeah. look at it. I'm just like if, if someone's going. You know, I'm really good with a rapier. That's awesome, but in in a yeah in a fencing competition you've both got the same size of sword and that's all you have yeah. guess what uh, well I've with got stage combat i'm trained to miss yeah um yeah. that's a good point actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I know. I, i'm gonna be great at this oh no oh no <laughs> oh i'm not hearing um, anyone yeah in, in stage combat because you use um blades mm-hmm. um i pull my blows about an inch or so out of the contact zone yeah um yeah. And that probably, yeah. makes safer, that probably makes you a safer LARPer though, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can totally see people, especially people play a lot of different like systems and they do a lot of like reenactment if they are doing like full contact or something. And then, you know, they, they get a bit overexcited or something and then they're like, oh yeah, cool. I can hit someone with a pole arm right across the head or something, you know, and that's, and then like, I'm not saying I've never done a dodgy blow. I know I've done them. I apologize I to I everyone. I've done one too when we get in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Um, or if you've got a weapon with a slightly different weighting to the one you're used to. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I fought with daggers a lot. And then the moment I got something, I now fight with a pole arm and I'm like, this thing's a lot longer than I'm used to. Yeah. Do you, do, you, uh, do you think, El, that it's like, it's it's a bit, because we were talking earlier about people taking hits. I think I subconsciously and sometimes consciously, unfortunately, will 
maybe just just go too hard and then i've realized after the fact because i'm just like they're not the, the person isn't looking and i'm like ah i can sneak up on this person and you want them to realize that they've been hit so you go like you know <laughs> and, then, and then you make contact like, oh crap I did, i'm sorry i didn't mean to. oh totally like the amount of times that i've done that and i've apologized to people like in in game um but i think that it's yeah i i actively uh, make an effort to pull my blows like yeah. all of us should do um yeah. but there's gonna be those hits um and i feel that it's the people who worry about those hits that they make are the people who don't need to worry about it if it makes sense like yeah. everyone's going to do an unsafe hit but yeah. they're not going to then pummel that person into the ground as you experienced well i know that that was uh, that, like, that experience was just like because people go oh yeah you know sometimes you know pe people and i'm like no no like have it being hit like like repeatedly and i'm being you know, like yeah bloodied in three different parts of your body is not is not just a oh crap because like you said we've all done it i've done it yeah. multiple times just in this first year of larp where you you you're you're being over dramatic you're like ah! you're like oh sorry that was that yeah was, you just stop like, and you just say oh i'm sorry whoops. are you okay you do a quick out of character check and it's not that difficult is it yeah. you know? every I time think... that i have done it everybody's just had a laugh like i've done it a couple of times where i've just been like yeah oh oh i'm so sorry are you okay and they've always just kind of laughed it off and we've got back together and then been like yeah. oh, okay back to it <laughs> i think the blow i personally feel most guilty about wasn't actually a unpulled blow um it was it was a dodgy blow i'll give it that mm. um the it was at a i laugh event um but i i was fighting someone in legio which is my favorite thing ever i love legio i play a gladiatrix um crew character uh -huh. and love her to pieces um uh but i i was playing a um enemy at the time fighting the romans and I think I had a sword. I can't remember what I was fighting with, um, but it was an archer that I snuck up on and managed to get. And it just caught his hand, and he had an injury on his finger that he he said it's his fault um, that he should have taped up that finger beforehand. And so, but it just bounced off the hand and took the nail off. And I have never felt. I still feel awful over it. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I'm squeamish around nails. I hate anything like broken <laughs> nails or anything like that. Um, and it's just that latex just bouncing off the hand. Um, so there, there's going to be injuries. There's going to yeah. be stuff like that. But as long as you're actively not being a dick. Yeah. Um, yes. it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all going to yeah. be fine. Because that, the, the flip side is, is that, is that there's, very, there's very few people that are like non-combat that i've spoken to anyway that just go oh i just i just i just hate combat i just hate usually it's like oh i'm non-combat because i have a i have a condition or you know or for some reason they've had an illness and yeah. um or their game is just so busy that they can't actually don't have time to go out into the field um there's very few people that uh don't just absolutely dislike it and never want to do it it is fun mm. it's it's really really fun and, and in general it's very it's very safe um but yeah usually you tell the stories of these things <laughs> these things happening because they are a rarity you know yeah yeah totally and like nine, 99 out of 100 hits you take will be safe yeah. yeah um yeah uh, that yeah on, on it is that I, I feel that i'm slowly going to have to start changing it because but my, i since beginning in larp um when people ask i i've had people ask oh how how um how do you fight and stuff like that and you're going to have people um who 
um, say that they're the best fighter and stuff like that. I've never said I'm the best fighter. I'm not a good fighter. I'm a cocky fighter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as long as you fake cockiness, it's amazing what you can get away with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I've, I've managed. I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm av of average, of average size. Like, I've, like, I'm five, ten, five eleven yeah. on a good day. But yeah, I've, I've, I've like said the right things to make an entire Druze line take a back step on my own, yeah. you know. And it's just like it, it's literally just it's literally just confidence. Like honestly, it's, it's like I'm I'm of no actual threat to you. <laughs> yeah, and OC, I'm absolutely terrified. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think that's one thing I'm really, really loving about the character I'm playing at the moment. Is she's a Bravo. Uh -huh. um and it's like you say that it's play the stereotype of the brief i'm trying to play the stereotype of a bravo yeah um she's right. loud she's gauche and um i think one of my favorite compliments i had was that um i was being that we were bridge dueling and it was someone doing hema mm -hmm. and i was taking a dual weapon system and i i took a very high um like um guard to start off with um, and I think his words is that your fighting's good, but it's very showy. It, it's it's more theatrical rather than it, if you have things here, it'd be a lot more efficient. Yeah, and yeah. I think I turned around him and I was like in character, but I'm trying to put on a show, darling. Yeah. Uh <laughs> That's the way to be, you know. It's, it, I mean, that, so so like my yeah, the, the way I fight is very much the the way I probably would in a real altercation face someone of. So the, the, some sometimes you can see people go, oh yeah, I've got this form, I've got this rapier, and I'm just like, look, I've got a big ass shield, I'm just gonna walk straight towards you, and that's literally how I fight and laugh. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just gonna go forward. It doesn't matter how how <laughs> good your form is. I'm just, I'm just walking towards you, you know. And that's that's kind of and you're the same though, right? You just tend to stand behind the shield lines, just doing that. And that's the other. That's another reason well, I I'm, like yeah, fighting cause... in dawn because that's what we do, just walk well, forward. Well, yeah, I like. Um, I'm a dual wielder, and yeah. I still like the. Um... It, it tends to throw a lot of people when they're not used to fighting a lot of people who are, are have got dual swords and it tends to there's always that slight moment of hesitation and that's usually the opportunity to just go for it oh and, like, yeah. i'm a lefty the amount of times that being a left-handed person you just surprise people and they're not used to doing it oh yeah um oh, or yeah. taking a grip they're not used to like when i fight shield and shield i i fight um like the Celts do, I, I had my shield out and I had my sword underneath. Yeah. Um, and then I'd spin it out and over. I do a lot of feints. Um, but I, I think dual wielding is so hard to like, as, as, unless you've got a mind that's used to doing things with both hands. Yeah. Um, I've just done my advanced case of rapier BADC qualification okay. for stage uh -huh. combat. Um, which is so it's dual wielding rapiers, and it was so hard. Yeah. Like, because you you had two rapiers going at the same time, and you were blocking and striking, and having to remember this choreography, and recovering things. Um, and yeah, to keep keep that going is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. it's also terrifying, like having someone coming at you with a case of rapiers. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to take advantage of the fact that yeah, I might yeah, it, it's difficult, but they don't know it's difficult for me. That's the thing. Is yeah. If you just go right, okay, I'm cut, and that's. Robin and I, like Aaron L and Godric, our, our we don't have form, but we just we just we just run at people, and 
by the time they figured out, oh, this person doesn't know how. I wonder if this person knows how to use this. But oh my god, it's it's all in my face, you know. And <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. I, I try to get as close to people as I possibly can, and I mean, yeah. like outside of LARP, um, because I went for dual weapons because the, the only thing that I've ever done outside of LARP is tactical Kali, so with the two bamboo sticks. So I was. But then like, you've oh. got you've got that slight mental thing, and it's just yeah. that mental block that people get through that they really struggle with with doing two things. Yeah, um, exactly. And then, yeah, the, the, the hard thing with the shield for me doing martial arts is that it like obviously if, if we were doing if i was doing buckler stuff and we were doing like um maybe something like hema or something like that then I, i'm used to my left hand being my 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 gauge and my my jab hand you know but you like in larp there's no shit in this larp there's no shield bashing or anything so it, I, yeah. I sometimes go right I almost feel like I want to be stood this way, but then the shield is useless. So I'm just like, okay, I've, I've had to get used to it. I'm actually, I'm thinking about changing that shield because it's a, it's a punch grip, which is great because I can move it around. Like you said, sometimes you just, you yeah. use it to hide where your sword is and then you whip it under. But I think I'm going to change to maybe like a heater style shield that's actually strapped to my arm. That's a little bit more mobile. So I can just move. Mine, mine's a homemade heater style um, that I can strap to my arm and it's circular. Because that's um, that's great that thing, but it's so big, and I used it because I was kind of I wanted to be close to cheating as possible with the size, because um, I thought, oh, that's that's because I don't know, I'm competitive. Um, but uh, now I'm like, really, I mean, in Wintermark that would be great because I can just stand in a line. Yeah. Um, but for the way I'm fighting currently, and I kind of do want to take maybe take a bit more, and I tend to kind of jump out of line. I have bad habit of that, and I'm I'm not really stood there like shield wall type thing i'm doing a lot of moving i'm doing a lot of well, sometimes forward. the smaller the shield the more deadly it is because you've got that maneuverability and that yeah. visibility yeah. um like um in a way i was talking to my brother the other day is that if you can use it well buckler's a cheat code yeah. um because if you've got it all the way punched out you've got that triangle of guard and you've got everything guarded yeah um but you've got full visibility yeah well, that's, um, that's what the um yeah. that's what the 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 uh the orc shields that's what they do they aren't the iron tide shields because we were talking to uh kelly about this and i had yeah. a conversation with the main character as well about their shield technique um then she was explaining it to us like they they have it so it's they it kind of it kind of sits on their arm like this and then obviously like when they're defending obviously they can do this but to keep distance they'll just put it out in front so they've literally got full vision you know of of the enemy you know and you, you've got something very long that keeps them away you know yeah yeah and like you were saying that you you're wanting to um barter of your shield which obviously for safety reasons isn't allowed um i i do a lot of my background is hand to hand um mm -hmm. i do judo and i do taekwondo um yeah. and i i love fighting with dual daggers um because i can almost do that is it where i'd automatically guard my fist i'm not i'm guarding with my dagger yes um and, and one of my favorite things to fight i've got an excellent photo of me fighting a really tall urizeni friend of mine um with a pole arm and i've got um I, well we were we were saying spear against spear because my character she had a Druze spear stabbed into mm -hmm. her chest and split off in character and then removed and i i commissioned that spearhead wrapped up in fabric as her dagger so she oh fought with a spear um but it was just a spearhead um and then i had <laughs> another dagger and my favorite thing against pole arms was to block and then run up the shaft and then attack once you're in close with them yeah. um 
Yeah. No, the, yeah, that is the, that's the thing with Paul. Like, I the, love fighting against Paul. I'm yeah, but you, you do. And this you, guy was huge. He's like six foot something, and the yeah. brilliant photo in which I look like a small child. Like, <laughs> it was like David and Goliath with me running up this spear shaft with two daggers. Yeah. Um, and I also, uh, I do, uh, I, I knew him really well. So I was doing judo rolls over, I was break falling over the spear as he was swinging it round. Oh, we let's do, cool. let's do three quarter speed so we can be showy with it. Yeah. Um, and I think because we were different nations, I had someone from there, there kind of do a bit of man explaining to me of the, oh yeah, you, that's really cool, but you shouldn't do that unless you know the person. And I went, I know him. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. It's all Thanks. chill. I, I, I wouldn't just do this against someone I didn't know yeah. and didn't trust very well to just like flip over the top of the sphere coming towards me. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes people can, you know, if it's whatever, if it's HEMA or where it's um, reenactment or whatever is martial arts, you know, you're playing a game where there's like there's fantasy elements to it. So it's all very well like going, oh yeah, you know, th this is this weapon's better than this weapon and this stance is better than this stance, but we're living in a world where it's like, you know, I, basically I, I'm I'm confident I could probably beat, you know, in, in a in a fight maybe, someone with a pole arm and a shield and a sword, because yes, yeah, as, as soon as you uh, close that distance, you know, uh, and maybe they would have to be very, very strong to knock me down. But guess what? Strike down's a thing in this in yeah. this in this world. I mean, oh, it's like so oh. that so that takes away a lot of my advantage. It's just like strike down, okay. <laughs> For me in Empire, it doesn't matter how good you are at fighting hard skill, how many hit points you have, how many it's it all helps. Yeah. Obviously, if you're a year one e character, year one uh event one character, you're gonna have all that XP and you're gonna have all that experience. But the most dangerous and deadly thing to have on your side is a healer. Yeah. Um, like a, a healer uh, or a an ally that will come yeah. in and get you out. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Well, Robin and I have had, have got a good a good system going because you have like uh, get it together and stay with me, Robin. Right? So yeah, yeah. because you're always over, <laughs> uh, and if, even if it's not me, you're usually behind uh, someone with a shield. You know, so it, they get you in close enough so you can attack. But also yeah. when they get hit, you you're like there to be like bing. I, back. I can keep. Yeah, I, I have lots of shields, and I can keep them going, and then yeah. if I can get nice and close to the enemy, and then I can get under the shields or through them to attack. Yeah. But yeah, that that sort of get it together, and I, well, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> if you think about it, if you've got five people fighting, mm -hmm. and all of them have eight hits each, so that's forty hits between them, yeah. and there's no healing, so that's forty hits you've got. But if you've got four people fighting with eight hits each, and then you've got a healer in the background then when one person goes down that person can heal them back and those three people can defend the healer yeah. and then get yeah. them back up again so yeah. that that you're going to have probably like three times as many hits by well, having one less fighter and that knowledge yes. really is like like knowledge actually is power really isn't it like because because in that um oh were you on the sunday battle at e4 with the league or did you um yes yeah. I, I was yeah, yeah. So you, you experienced that then. Uh, so yeah, there, there there were times where it was, <laughs> there were times <laughs> where it was like it, there's a single line of Druze. They are a single line of Druze. They there is no one behind them, and we're like stalling, you know, and they're stopping us. And I'm like, I'm like, like look behind you. We have a we not only do we have legions of our own allies. There is a group of about twenty healers behind us. 
Like we can, I'm, I'm we so can all just, we can just all walk towards these druids and they they can't do anything about us. But somehow mentally we couldn't get past them. We're like they don't have any allies behind them. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we, ever... we were having a brilliant time in the woods um, on that battle. I feel so sorry for you. We had all the shambling mounds with our pole arms. We it was like. Did, did, yeah, did you, yeah did, <laughs> were you part of the group that came in yeah. sort of midway, was it midway through? It was over midway through, I think, when we were, I think I think they, they tried we to get... We came out of the woods. Yeah, you, yes. so I remember us, it was like us and uh, like our Lance and Urizen, because uh, I think we were there, like the field marshal, basically we were chasing <laughs> down the, the ritualist at this point. And us and Uruzen, we, we joined Uruzen, but we were knackered, knackered. We had, and... we had charged so much yeah. at that point, and it uh, was just... And then Uruzen just looked, because they were fighting so well. Um, we saw them several times, we caught up with them as we were chasing the pursuing the ritualist, and they were tired, and we just stalled. And then the League just came... Uh, the league just appeared and we just all parted and the league looked fresh so fresh they were all like hey! yeah. we, were, we were like cheering and being yeah. like is that what is that it's the league fresh soldiers <laughs> fresh. <laughs> yep. that moment was so great to be part of the league and get cheered in we were also knack about that point but hearing you guys cheering and we were like going we, we can't show we're tired <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they expect us to do something. Uh-oh. Uh, not, not only that, it's also with a league. So we're all about the theatre and prowess of it. So what a horrible play would this be if you have Dawn cheering in the Majestic League and the guy going, now we're, we're too knackered, mate. <laughs> we can't do this. We're as tired of you lot. We were hoping you were going to charge again, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a far better story and a far better play if it's like, our Dawn there after a long, hard fight was so tired that they were going to crumble and then the League came out fresh-faced. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It, it was it was a, it was a cool moment and i don't know whether it was just like in our in our head in my head mate but i just my memory is that just the that you guys just looked so so fresh and it was just we were like just all of us were just gasping you know oh, being like, like, like the sweat oh, you know? like the, everything was gone yeah and the poor um i can't remember the the, the Urizeni unit and they, they were like really badass but they were just like fighting non-stop at a high pace yeah. and we were all just stalled and and then yeah you you the league show up um yeah i, I can't i can't wait till next year hopefully we'll be but then the you league. got we we owed you part of that reason was that we we owed um dawn and we owed navarre from the event before mm -hmm. um we were in the death pile through the gate and the crush um where we had um yes, yes. yeah we had oh, a, yeah. We, were, we were part of that that came back to get you that was my first mm. battle of this character yeah. and oh I was gosh. there bleeding out on top of my father yeah. um, in the death pile uh, and we had a really like, we were there on tears on top of each other going, we were so invested in these characters and um, he, he, he had um, relentless but I wasn't, I was like, the labyrinth is closing in on me, I can see it, I don't want to die like this, he'd literally adopted me the night before um, <sighs> and my adoptive father um and and then we had the the gates parted as there was the the repel and navarre and door came streaming through the the like flying druge and in our head like you say it's a cine cinemagraphic in our heads those druge they weren't just like repelled and ran backwards they were like 
flying everywhere into the sky. <laughs> that is I will, from like, the other side of that, I remember like um, not all the details, but all I remember is yes, yeah, so we've got to get through here. And then somebody had mentioned, oh no, there's a death pile, there's a load of people, they're all trapped, they're dying. And then as somehow every single person without any words just went, right, get through. <laughs> Off we I go. Think, <laughs> I think we fielded 18, and I think 12 or 13 of us were down in that pile. It yeah, was most it was... of the league. Oh, that's, yeah, that's rough. I think um, our battle general on that event was um, Gabriel, and I think he looked around and counted there were eight leaguers out of that death pile. Yeah. Um, if that, that was, I think that that battle was the one that made me really miss Navarre at E4. Even though, yeah. we're, even though we're technically fighting against them, but you know what I mean. We, the guy was like, I was like, ah, damn, because yeah, Nav- Navarre fought like amazingly at E at E three, oh, and I was like, I was yeah. like, I want to be it's so good. Like the momentum carried on to like the the battle the next day because it oh, was- yeah, we got a little too excited. Next yeah, day. we got we got well too excited. <laughs> yeah, I think because Navarre's so like large in numbers and winter market, it makes some easy targets. There's so much like dirt thrown about about Navarre and Dawn, and after that, it was so funny because no one in the league could say a bad word against Navarre. Uh, if if anyone even made some small comment about them being dirty or like uh, untrained, and, yeah. and would normally like in a jokey way join in, but no, we just, we just shut them out and they go, no, we we owe we owe our lives to Navarre after their day. Yeah, it, it yeah, was something battle, else. Yeah, yeah, that battle, Dawn and Navarre, we pretty much were together like almost the whole time, which was quite quite surreal because not before it was always like you know we'd we're all separated out but it was yeah Navarre would of... usually piss off somewhere you know when it got yeah. hairy they'd be like right bye and they'd... they'd usually run off into the trees but no yeah. no I take everything back I said yeah. before well, so, somehow at E3 there seemed to be like a million of them on the battlefield and I was like you'd be like turn around you're like how, look how many Navari are there <laughs> yeah. I think they're like rabbits I think they just pop out <laughs> after the uh... so they had a really good spring okay <laughs> I, I swear, like, on the field, of, like, when you were there in the woods, they're going, okay, there's a lot of Navari here, but there's, like, not that many. There may be 30. Uh, and then you go out into the battlefield and there's, like, there's a thousand of them just running everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the, the the best, my favourite scenario is always when Dawn is out on the open and Navar's in the Navar's in the woods and we move up the field that way. That's always the most epic thing ever. Like if we're if we're moving up, we're moving up the field and we're sweeping everything, and then you just see panic druge like coming out the trees as like you just see Navari uh, silhouettes like jumping in and out. And as we get to the end of the field, they're all just flushed out into that into that little I, breach. Honestly, I always think of them as that scene in Lord of the Rings where the um, they come out and they just completely in the background engulf. Um, engulfed the whole that, that in my head is is Navarre now because it is true they just kind of they go into the woods and just somehow they just clear it all and they're just they, they don't seem to slow down <laughs> I think it's it's because there is so much shade thrown around I see and I see about battlefields the same with nations and it's yeah. my similar opinion with it all at the end of the day we're not trained soldiers we haven't trained our whole lives to fight in this battlefield the people leading it have probably as much experience as we do yeah. um at, at the end we're just nerds running it's around because yeah, it's, it's, it's role exactly. play but that's what makes yeah. it amazing though because because you're more you're more likely to accept like so say if you're like oh yeah uh you know if, if you if you you know have have disagreements with like barushka or something they're like oh yeah we don't like dawn i, I don't know why i'm picking on barushka but uh like and then you're out on the battlefield like e4 or something and 
then you know the the entire Bruskin nation is the size of one Dornish lance, and they're like, yeah. and then they look to a Dornish leader to be like, hey, we want to follow you because you know what you're doing, you know. And there's that people are more willing to be like, oh no, because this is cool role play to be like, oh no, we're gonna trust you because you, because you you're good at this, right? And we'll yeah. rely on you at this. We'd make fun of you for everything else, but you're good at this thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, at the end of the day, if that person fails, don't be too hard on that person. If that person succeeds, throw them a freaking party. An actual Ch- parade, ten yeah. thrones at a a bar to write a story about them. Build that person up because yeah. that's like the story they're wanting to tell um and and it's like these stories in reality if you videoed it it's why lark doesn't video it if you videoed it like if you videoed when i went down behind the enemy line or that it was probably nothing like i remember it being um it's it's actual magic though isn't it like it's actually yeah yeah it's actually it's one of the because i run bottles of water as a um cruise slave or i run messages i i quite often run the messages for um or um, Andy uh, when he's leading the yeah. enemy lines yeah. um, and I love it because it is, it's my own movie it's my own 4D movie I can run around in and I can be in the battles of Minas oh, like Minas Tirith yeah. and all, all those like amazing battles of the five armies I'm in it and I'm just running around and delivering messages. Um, oh, and it's, it's it's so yes. good. Yeah, exactly. It, it really like, I is. totally agree with you there. Actually, um, like the first my my first experience monstering, I was I did that. I was the the runner, and it was so surreal. Like running around and running past everybody fighting, and getting to see all this cool stuff happening around you, and just dodging arrows. <laughs> and then you make the horrible decisions, like um, because that was my first uh, nation. That was my first event. I wasn't reborn. Um, and they had a huge massacre in which a load of Jotun were hiding in the woods. He came out and cut them off and killed them all. And um, yeah. yeah, it was really, really horrible. Yeah. Um, I was a messenger runner who delivered that message and killed my old nation. And I felt uh, so bad over it. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I didn't realize what I'd done before. Yeah. Uh, and like, and I, I got told by um, him to go stand in the woods. And when I can see a gap in the line, tell the orcs to charge and not stop uh, for anything and just charge in and get them. And so I did what I told, set the order off, then stood there in the woods watching this mayhem happening and seeing like the bright face of my brother and the rest of the Kohan and just being there like, what have I you, done? You do, <laughs> you do actually, you literally forget some, you, sometimes you actually do forget that you're fighting against your own input, like your, your character's allies, you know, sometimes you do actually forget that uh, for a split set. But that, yeah, that was the battle that we, we just, discussed of like yeah with the momentum carried on from like we did so well on the saturday and then on the sunday we just for whatever reason the teamwork was just there and we just absolutely just hammered the empire and then we were all giddy when we came out the gate and then we realized what we'd done we were like oh no oh, oh no it was when i was like i was walking through wintermark towards the showers and i was like walking through there and i'm just the whole tone around me and i was like i i, I I, I I was bad. <laughs> this, this, this is not good. I cannot show my face in Wintermark for a while. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't wait till next year. Right, we've we've gone. Ugh. We've gone. We've gone. Oh, well over two hours. Oh uh, yeah, L. It's been amazing uh, having you. It's always a good sign when you when you go over time and you don't you don't want it to end. Uh, hopefully you'll hopefully you'll come back on again and we can carry yeah, on. Yeah, no, it's been great talking, and uh, hopefully I can come and like interact with you longer than just like the 
hey, this is this is my Dornish friends. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I would like you to speak to all my swords. Yeah. We, yeah, I I, I mean sword. I charge a penny, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to figure out a way we can interact um in character, but out of character, you know, you're always you can head over dawn and come and get come yes. and get. A, a, you usually a find me at Senate Dance Motions. I I my group runs it. Um, yeah, and I've you. always done it before. Like Senate Dance Motions is the most hilarious thing ever because it's a load of LARPs being like the LARPers being told how to dance in this tiny room, and everyone treads on their feet. And everyone's trying to play characters who are who are like have this huge dancing ego and trying to like be peacocks. Yeah, um, and wearing kit. This is amazing. Wearing pizza clothing they're not used to wearing at all as well. <laughs> the amount of like cambion horns and antlers getting caught on each other as they go around. The place. That sounds that sounds amazing. We'll have to come back and we'll have to we'll have to come over and find you. Um, right, we'll say goodbye to the podcast, everyone. Bye guys. Goodbye, Bye. If you enjoyed this show, consider liking, subscribing, following so you know when a new episode is posted. You can go and check out our other episodes. In the meantime, we love you and stay safe.